The Weird Science DC Comics podcast is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts, obviously. But did you know that you could get early access as well as exclusive shows like our weekly badass Patreon-only Spotlight podcast by going to patreon.com slash weird science and subscribing to whatever level is right for you. Your support not only helps out the show, but gets you a bunch of podcasts in return. So go to patreon.com slash weird science. And thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm Mother Soul's other lover, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 439. 439, Eric. I forgot the game again. I almost at the last second was going to say something, but it involved Director Bones and it would have stepped on your toes a bit, Eric. But here we are, 4.39. Are you burning Director Bones? What are we Maybe. talking about? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe like Mother Soul and we're all going with the skeleton. Now, do you we mean our Director Bones right? or you mean or Deathman? No, I meant Director Bones, but okay. it's still Skeleton Guys. I, I thought that that skeleton would end man. up being a little odd with the Skeleton Guys hanging around. But welcome to episode 4.39, as Eric said, all of you weirdos out there. And with that, I do want to mention, Eric, we are still part of the Batman Podcast Network, but I couldn't find... If we are part of the Weeby Geeks Network, I end up, I look, Batman Podcast Network, we still are involved. So there you are, Eric. Is, is anybody be, else? Yeah. There's okay. a ton of people on that. It's, it's a bunch of people, though a lot of the podcasts on it are misspelled, which was very odd. But hey, everybody, welcome to the official unofficial podcast of <laughs> the <laughs> Weird Science and the Get Fresh Crew. <laughs> and if you want to know how you become part of the Get Fresh Crew, you end up listening to the podcast there it is eric you have passed the test that is it that's all you have to do it's just that easy eric Ah, uh, I, I don't know how long this goes by the way i <laughs> just put on there we go and so with all of Jesus that Christ. before we get on with it i want a little old school feel to the podcast i was listening so, to some of our hey, old we have episodes. no idea what we're doing here you go yeah, well that's old school i would say though it seems as we go on we know less and less i don't know we're forgetting things that we once knew I can only keep so many things in my head at once, as you know. But what I do know is people should go to the Twitters at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back 100%. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Get reviews for that week's books from DC Comics. And then go over to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can get a ton of shows as well as supporting us for everything we do here on the regular feeds. One of the big things that we like to have each and every week, and I'm going to officially name it now, Eric. I think that this is a good one. The DC Comics Badass Picks of the Week Patreon-only episode. It is. Why wouldn't you call it Spotlight? Why wouldn't you call it Spotlight at the end? Because the Spotlight, I think that that's that's too old now. we got to get with the times here. The kids don't say Spotlight anymore. Turn that Spotlight off. I know. When I wrote it, I'm like, he's not going to like You wrote everything but Spotlight. Yeah, I did. I did. Well, I'll write it now. Spotlight. <laughs> Patreon only spotlight. There episode. you go. How about that? So, that would be pretty good. so here we go, Eric. I'm going to rewind. 
the DC Comics Badass Picks of the Week Patreon-only spotlight episode. There you no, go. no, just it runs lose right the out episode. of the, the tongue. No, there uh, you want me to lose the episode? Okay, hell, I'll rewind again. <laughs> DC Comics Badass Picks of the Week Patreon-only spotlight Awful. episode. <laughs> and this past week, they picked some big biggins, some bangers, I would say, Eric, right? Swamp Thing number 15, penultimate issue of, at least as far as we know, I mean, they, they keep Wait adding for season stuff three. to that. Yeah, season three, my ass. Swamp Thing number 15 in Action Comics, number 1045, which is one of the books that hasn't been on the spotlight many times, the Action Comics deal. But we ended up talking about that a little confused of why things have the pedal to the metal suddenly in that book. And also the and Swamp Thing talking about, you know, how that book is. But luckily, we get a Ram V book. You don't remember anything about it, do you? No, nothing. We have a Ram V book still on this podcast, so I can still maybe get annoyed with prose and pretentiousness. But luckily for Ram V, that's more in the backup of that book, where I'll actually get a little bit angry with that old Cy Spurrier comes in with hell to pay. But here we go, Eric. With that, the badasses the Get Fresh crew uh, uh, who pick those books. Uh, we uh, always uh. have a little bit of a deal. What are you doing? You're killing me. Ah, oh, but we end up having this being the badass spotlight, Eric. Oh, the badass roll call, oh, Jim. Roll call. And now you made me say spotlight. But the badass episode. <laughs> I have new earphones, and they're making me yell. Of course. I mean, I'm telling you, I can tell already that I'm screaming because I can't hear anything with these noise-canceling nonsense. Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Red, Matches Blown, Niels T. Lord. David Fink, Joey Bertosco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42, to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rock A, who I do an indie comics podcast with, Cellar Dweller, who I, you know, have dinner with occasionally, Mark uh-huh. Jager, Algin Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, No Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, who I do manga with Simon, do a Hellboy deal. I do everything with everybody there. Luis, Sexy. Scott Manship, Scotty Boy. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, My Man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man, Rob Lewis. Little shout out to Harriet, who's recovering right now from a hospital stay. B, Mira, Brandy, Sorry Murray, Double A, Ron, up there in Minnesota, doxing his ass as I do each and every week. And then ultimate guy, Reggie. The ultimate yeah. guy. Ultimate guy, Reggie. That's to you, my man. It's the worst superhero name ever. Ultimate guy. Who says not? Oh, my goodness gracious. It's the Ed Lover dance to me and you. But we have six books this week. That is a plethora. That's official. And, you know, some some bangers, maybe. Made me bang my head on on a wall. But still, you know, we're going to go through. We're going to skewer them, as you say. And maybe reviewer them as well, as you say, as well. But we'll get right to this as we go off to the books now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love the meat and the cheese that we crave oh, we just want to hear your voice some more and we want to hear
Hi, it's Eric. It's Jim's and Eric's reviews that we'll be hearing right now. And we have a, a big book here to start with because it is a new creative team on Detective Comics, which should be something really, really big, right? I, I think so. But <laughs> before we go into that, please go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and check out our written reviews. I have a written review of that issue itself. But I ended up worried, not worried, but I ended up knowing that because Ram V is jumping on Detective Comics, you would have these people. And it seems like a lot of reviewers do end up giving 10 out of 10s to anything that is a new creative team on a book or whatnot. But I ended up seeing at points, which drives me nuts, something that I've talked to you about before, where you end up happening in video games a lot, where you have that first video game and everybody loved it. But then when the second one comes out, they say that that one's better because they hated the other one. You go back, you're like, no, you gave that a perfect score too. And I saw a lot of people like, thank God Bram V's here because I did not like Mariko Tamaki's run. I'm like, you gave Mariko Tamaki's detective nines and tens the whole time. Who are you fooling? But this book got a lot of perfect scores. And I just, I don't get it. I wonder if anybody out there listening would say that this is the perfect comic. I'm going to guess that Eric Shea is not one of them. I've already heard this speech on the spotlight. Yeah, well, (laughs) again, not everybody has, because that is a Patreon-only badass Picks of the Week Patreon spotlight episode, Eric. And so when you get all this here, yeah, we're going to go into this. And even then, some even others came in. I think this got like eight, 10 out of 10s or something like that. I don't know. How does this it. still shock you at this point in time when this is what always happens for years and it years and years? It doesn't matter. It's still going to shock me every time because I would think that people have come to their senses at one point and actually might review things honestly. But you it doesn't given seem this like that'll have it. For seven years. So why is it still shocking? There you? you go. Well, I'm going to give it for seven more if we continue. Detective Comics number 1062. I'm wrong turn. This is Batman bitch. I did look at a couple of them, and uh, this one guy who gave it a 10 out of 10 on Comic Roundup has not given anything less than a 10 since May. Oh, uh, written by Ram V, <laughs> art by Raphael Albuquerque, Dave Stewart, and Ariana Mayer. And then you have a backup called The Coda, part one of three, written oh. by Simon. Maybe Cy, he goes by either or. I think he sucks doing both, but art by Danny, Dave Stewart, and Steve Wands. I'm not a Cy Spurrier fan. I think that he is pretentious and overwrites everything that he does, and pretty much he's going to prove me right here. But we have the first deal, which is Ram V's jumping onto Detective Comics. I... I get worried about Ram V. Me and Ram V, certain things, I don't really jive with him. He doesn't really do those here. You don't have that over narration. It does end up being a little bit pretentious and wordy or whatnot, but I do like some of the stuff that he's doing. It's just in this Look, first you, issue, you not much happens. You took the narration away, but you set up scenes to have, like, you know, have this whole thing of, because even when you begin the whole thing, you have a play going on that Bruce Wayne has a reserve seat for, which has this whole, like, you know, gothic feel to it where you have a gigantic bat in the background i don't know what player this is maybe somebody else does who's smarter than me but this whole idea of this demon that come forth demon i know you are there but the whole idea when you have this whole scene set up and then batman going to the docks to take out the maronis from bringing stuff in illegally from the docks to then have talia go show up and say they're coming while this is also have some kind of weird zombie thing in the background to go to europe to have some other family that's going to come over here and do all this other stuff and in the background have the hyperdimensional Barbados going on and like infesting, you know, Bruce's brain. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be taking from this book. What is going on? And the only thing that I can really take from all of these little scenes that are going on is that Bruce is getting old and he's getting slower. Yeah, he's getting old and slower. And 
in that you end that. up in that you end up throwing in this family that's the Arkham's, but they're hiding their name, things like that. That reminds me too much of like a curse of the white knight. Now again, you say that. Not Do you that get that interesting. In this? Now, well, you get it in the solicit. I believe that I read the solicits for this, but when you end up having all this stuff going down, Barbados just has to make most people roll their eyes with any mention of him right now. You know, he's the dragon for the World Forge. Yeah, you know that stuff. But really, when I said to you before we just started recording- Just go back recording, and call her the hyperdimensional. Make people forget what Barbados says and make it feel exactly. important again. Yeah, and it doesn't end up feeling that important. It actually made me chuckle because I knew that you'd kind of be irritated. One well, of the, the thing things, is, though, I want to know what that means just for the idea of like the Ouroboros or the snake eating its own tail and stuff like that, where you're constantly in this cycle of this thing that like you know, inspired Bruce Wayne to become the Batman and eventually stuff like that through his time travel, his death and all this other stuff, even the, like the stuff from Death Metal. I want to know what this is, because that at least make, like elevates us to a degree in my mind, even though it's been overblown. But I want to know more about that. But all I get out of it from what we have here is a bunch of weird ass scenes that I can't tell how they yeah, go together and or why. And ultimately, it's like, OK, we're dealing with a Batman who's getting older and, and doesn't know how to deal with that. So obviously, since he is getting slower and a little bit more run down than he's used to, he obviously thinks there's an outside source that's affecting him. And I like the idea that he's trying to do everything he can to get to the bottom of that. Well, not, you know, going with the idea, even Nightwing says, you're getting old. You're getting like slow old, man. And it may, that may be the end all deal. He may just figure out, yep, I'm old. I'm yeah. old as shit. And I better start working out on this treadmill more. But where do all these other things come in? <laughs> well, and you end up, you start out with uh, this scene with the play. Like we said, I don't know. I tried to look up things. I couldn't find anything. And, and again, that, doesn't do much for me that sets up the gothic tone of what it seems that ram v and Raphael albuquerque want to do that's fine but i don't think we really get much out of that scene that reminds me a lot of a tom Look, king bruce deal. wayne's not doing bruce wayne stuff he's doing batman stuff yeah he's oh, off doing the batman get. stuff well he doesn't have a lot of money that seems like a really pricey he had a reserved seat i mean but seriously look at those you know the background and all the props what's worse, there. He doesn't Holy have much moly. money left, even though it's hundreds of millions of dollars, but he already yeah. has a seat that's paid for and he doesn't show up for it. That is, that's like what happens with me and Tanya. That right there is well, Maverick. What happened to Maverick here? So you end up having that. And I don't mind them when we actually see Batman doing some Batman work. Mariko Tamaki didn't do a lot of that. It was a lot of other people doing it. But I said to you ahead of time that I thought there were a couple of things that kind of rubbed me, not the wrong way, but made me think, okay, I don't think he's read a lot of Batman or detective comics because he ends up having people on the comms calling him Bruce. That's a no-no. And yeah, it's it just a small writers. thing. I'm telling you, though, a that usually is a no-no, but not much lately. They've really pointed it out in a lot of the recent things, but I don't think that he... I don't know that why they have to say Bruce there and not Batman. I don't even know if he's actually talking to Oracle or if it's something it should be Oracle, but you don't get that feel. You don't get the character feel of anything from that. It's just, hey, I'm going to go in here. The Maronis. Oh, no, that's, uh, you know, not real. It's a zombie. And it just kind of happens. Some weird shape-shifting zombie thing that I don't even get the full idea because, like, oh, my God. I'm on the docks. I'm trying to get this stuff done. And there's Bruto Maroney. What's going on? Oh, wait, you're not Bruto Maroney. You're freaking Edgar from the Men in Black movie shape-shifting in front of me to become a monstrosity (laughs) that won't die. (laughs) And the funny play of this is he goes, Bruno, Bruno Maroney. And he says, Sal's nephew, not the sharpest, but something's off about him. But then it becomes something more 
And then I want to know afterwards, was that actually Bruno at first and he transformed or was well, it not? Weird because, part, because Talia it's, says it's something from ancient times and well, I don't in, get in it. In the fight that we have going on here, you have Batman taking out, you know, I have to assume just Maroney henchmen and stuff like that out on the docks. And all of a sudden you have sirens go off and it's either Silent Hill or The Purge. And this like, you know, gets Bruno Maroney out there that in my mind, because it's such a weird kind of thing, he starts talking like, you know, the way that the sirens going off. So I have to assume this is some kind of like transformation alert that like you know transforms him into this thing based off of this siren. So I don't know if it's a purge Silent Hill. I'm gonna have to go with Silent Hill with this, but it changed him in some ancient monster that has to do with the Arkham from the Europe. But the play is he says and a music okay, box. Okay, he's like he, there's Bruno Maroni. Oh my god! And then it's either. like. And then all of a sudden, Batman says, that's not Bruno Maroney at all. He doesn't say, <laughs> oh, my God, he's changed into something now. And I got confused. I don't know exactly. And even whatever the play is, it doesn't really matter. Batman gets knocked the crap out of him a couple of times when he gets hurt. And Talia comes in to stop this. She and then pretty much, out of Gotham. She is just always showed up anymore. She is spotlight. She is in the center spotlight all throughout Episode. Batman books anymore. Episodes. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she is. And she comes in just to be like... As soon as I said, I'm like, I don't want to say it, but I got to say it again. <laughs> she's like, I took down that for you. But by the way, your whole vow is like a child. You can't... I'm like, okay, we know this. We, we got it going on. That and thing then, is uh, older than you or I. Older than the Lazarus Pits, and it's far from being human. Yeah, You've yeah, been actually, at this for too long, Batman. Your rules were fine when you could still rise above them. And it's like, but the, you're gotten slower. And now all they're doing is holding you back. I came here to warn you, Bruce. Slower. They're coming, and you're not prepared. And I'm just sitting there, it's like... Is that monster dead? What happened to that monster? I don't know. He he went. I thought that Did he, he went to like. Snapped? I thought he jumped between like you know docks or boxes and it just fell. I don't know. And she just goes off. But I love the idea where it's like Tanya. that is old. That's that monster. Just old. like you. Just like you. Oh man, <laughs> you're old as shit. You Let are get you old. A oh my god, you are slow. And then he's sitting there. I love this idea that he says later to Nightwing. He's she says, "I came here to warn you, Bruce." They're coming and you're not prepared. She goes off. He then says to Nightwing, yeah, I was a little slow. Couldn't stop Talia. Your ass is just standing there watching and The idea trying that to stop Talia shit. came to the docks here during a monster attack. Like, I came here to warn you about what? You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> what did she, she went all me? that way? I, I love. They're coming. Oh, who shit? The Court of Owls? No. No. Somebody else. Yeah. You're warm. Could it be some other bullshit that I don't know about? The Arkhams who changed their name to hide their identity overseas. You got it, dude. You got it. All right. I would love to have an Indiana Jones map where it shows Talia like all the distance she went to just go there to say they're coming. Who? I can't tell. And then you'll see. You'll see. And leaves again. Why is (laughs) she doing that? (laughs) Does she just have to make an appearance like this? Talia have this thing that's in her contract now at DC Comics. I got to be in at least three books every month. It might be. I think that what Talia does is totality. Anytime she figures out something that Bruce doesn't know, she goes anywhere she is, she will go to him and say, I know what's coming. (laughs) And then just goes off. Yeah, that's what she did in that as well. It's very odd. Very odd. But Bruce goes back to the brownstone, as we know, because he doesn't have the cave. And he starts making his, you know, medical checks. And that's fine. I said that at points, you'll have the suit itself do that right away as he's out and about, which I like when you end up having like a Joker toxin or, you know, stuff like that. Well, that those death. are high tech, expensive suits, Jim. We can't use them anymore. They cost that money to recharge. True. 
You got to update the software. Can't afford that anymore. If I find out that he's part of that exercise program I'm in, I'm going against Bruce Wayne. I'm taking that pitch down. But you end up where he gets all these lab you results. You barely go up against yourself. I know I can. I hurt myself again today, Eric. I did really you fall did. Off I, an exercise no, bike no, again? I hurt my ankle this time. And I, it How was do you hurt when your I, ankle riding a bike? An exercise bike. Well, they got they got bear traps attached I to them. What are you doing? I jumped off and I I turned my ankle and I was pissed. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> you crashed no, two was exercise there. bikes. I have, and then you I were looked there. because they have. Well, I went for 20 minutes and I said, I'm out of here. But I ended up looking the seat that I use, the bike that I use, because you no know seat. I have to use the same one. I know there's a tear in the seat, and I'm afraid they're going to actually like shut that one down. So that they can fix the seat, and I'm worried because I don't know why, but I need to use that bike, Eric. I need oh, it. Oh, I get it. You're a second. I'm insane. I'm insane. So you end up where he checks his blood work, he checks toxicology screens, all that. Then he starts running on the treadmill, you know, to check the stress EKGs, levels. Yeah. yeah, he's doing all that. I don't know. There's a lot of EKGs on that deal, but he ends blood up pressure, trying to figure heart rate, out runtime. And I, I think that what he does, he realizes he's getting old. Right. He already realizes that. So he's going to call Nightwing. He's like, I got to get on the treadmill to show him I'm still to be reckoned with. He gets on the treadmill, starts running. I can imagine if that's me. Nightwing would answer and he'd think it's like a porno call or something. It's a <sighs> That's all he'd hear. Who's there? I'd be breathing so heavy I wouldn't be able to talk. But he says, hey, I... it's an obscene phone call on the Bat Channel. I couldn't remember what they were called. I called it a porno call. <laughs> Obscene phone call. call. Really, the porno call usually does start off with, hey, I want a large pepperoni pizza. That's what would start the porno call. But yeah, there's Nightwing and he gets the call. And I don't mind this. I don't mind him doing some work trying to figure out. Well, it's and just really, Nightwing being here to have a little banter, like getting old, old men. Don't make me come down there, Grayson. And the idea is, look, some shit's going down. I don't quite understand. Just keep an eye open in Bloodhaven. Will do. It's, it's an odd thing that doesn't really get to much, but I do like that. You might have Batman a little bit concerned. He is getting older. But even right? the idea and where you have Monster Maronis transforming well, from ancient things, things a little different. on the dock smuggling things. Hey, Batman, what were they smuggling? Antiques. Mostly just antiques anyway. I, I brought a few things back with me. I swear <laughs> to God, Batman is just old and stealing shit now because it over. Like, I just brought some things back. Some of them are quite old, valuable. I'm like, you are so broke right now. You're freaking pocketing these things. But he's just grabbing shit. I'm looking at one right now. There's a cube, a box. Test shows it's got some kind of contraption within. Quite complex for how old it is. Beyond that, it's both familiar and alien at once. I'm like, the fuck does that mean? And I no. can't seem to put my finger on a period or a location that it comes from. I'm sitting there going to say it either looks like a mother box or it looks like the lament configuration from Hellraiser. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, don't get near that. You're going to get pinhead after you, and there's exactly. big troubles. Then you got to help you open the box. On your ass. Came. Oh my god! And uh, that's the weird play here. And if this story, because it does seem to kind of be hinging a little on, he's getting old. That's all I know from the story. W wouldn't it be a better play if that's what you're getting to? If it's something else, and I think that you're seeing that Ram V might be a little scattered right away with these different things going on. But if it was that, if it was Look, that's I the big thing. I don't see that until I get to the next place where a page of this whole thing was like, Coronis, the Oregon Palace, Trostval. I can't even say that now. I'm like, Arzen, my son. I'm like, fuck me. Now, wouldn't it have been a better play where if Bruce was out and he ran into some common, you know, some sort of rogue gallery, you, you could name the guy, you know, Connor Killer McKinney. Croc. Killer Croc would have been pretty cool where you know that he would easily be able to take him down. But this That's time, you. oh, my God, I'm slow. 
Just go kind of a kid. Killer Croc is still Killer Croc. He was once the biggest bad that but Batman still, had. But still, if he ends up not being able to even stop him a little bit and he gets the crap kicked out of him, you would say, oh, my God, he is getting old. He's off kind of his a game, whatnot. <laughs> kind of a king. It doesn't matter if it, Bruce is 150. He's going to kill him. He can catch up to him, Eric. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so it's a weird play to introduce a villain that we have no idea what the hell's going on with it than to Ancient, say, I think I'm getting the Lazarus old. Pits. And then have the... Well, he did kind of get me with the lacerations there, so it might be that. But I think I'm off my game. You have Nightwing. Ah, you're old. I think at the end they're going to say he's not old. He's still got it. The old man still has it. But when we move on after that crazy box that he has, that that threw me. Like you said, it's just Batman. Then after this, after he says he let Talia go because he was too slow. They look pretty valuable. He turned around and then started shifting and sorting through things and grabbed the box. And so you go off to Coronas, as you said, Coronas, the Orgum Palace, Svartstall. How many names can you give us that we can never pronounce? And how are we going to remember Arson, these? my son, mother. I, I just these names. And then she's like, I, I think I'm done then. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Then, uh, oh, no, you're going to go to uh, Gotham, but we're going to send Shavhad and Yang. And also Gyal is already there. And I'm like, really? You're really throwing these names at us that I'm never going to be able to remind. And take this parchment here that says you have the deed to Arkham Asylum because of Edward Arkham and stuff like that from ancient times. I'm like, Cool. Here's here's your legacy, Arzen. Go and do some shit. I've already taken these other guys, brought them ahead with. They're going to help you out. I already got another guy there who's working with the Maroni crime family, and they didn't get the things that he was supposed to get there. And so the this guys is going to kill kill the Marodis. Now I'm just saying we have this weird, like it feels Eastern European to me, like you know, yeah, like uh, Arkham, you know, ancestors, descendants, are like relatives. And like you Romania coming, or something like that. Some, some it really Eastern feels European, like. But the idea that we maybe sent Transylvania. Or move, maybe Transylvania. Maybe they're all Draculas. Draculas. He looks like a Dracula them, at the end of that scene. You have them coming here to Gotham. They're moving some stuff, maybe some ancient puzzle boxes. And the Maroni crime family is helping them move them, even though it doesn't seem like any of this is untoward. But they're having them moved illegally through the dock systems. And Maroni screwed up, even with their ancient monster, Sal Maronius. But, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> when you have this going on, we didn't have one of these Ogrim people that was sent ahead of time go and kill a lot of the Maroni. So all I'm thinking now is that on top of having ancient evils and like ancient Arkham's and Maroni's, what you should have going on here is some kind of weird crime war that's about to happen because a lot of the Maroni's were killed by these people they were doing business with. And I feel like this should be like a high priority, but I don't think it's going to be something that continues on as the series progresses. Yeah, and what you end up having is at one point, like you said, they have the deed to Gotham. And so it ends up seemingly like they're going to come in and say, we have the ancient rights to Gotham. This was a Arkham thing, whatnot. We've seen this. This, again, was in that Curse of the White Knight. And I don't know that that's something that really interests me that much. We'll see. If he plays it out well, that's fine. But this idea of them Look, being I, I, I something else, and I just the don't idea, get what's going on. I just want Arkham Asylum when I said it, the idea of the Gotham, just because when I, I have a little magnifying glass here looking at this whole thing, but yeah, I did title too. deed, agree, uh, agreement in the mayorship of Gotham, deed and title granted under the stewardship of Edward Arkham. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I can't imagine, though, they have all of freaking Gotham City, though. It seems like they have some deed of the deal. Agreement and, and in the we'll mayorship see. of Gotham. Yeah, yeah, of Gotham. But so it's a mayorship. Th- what is that? Fuck you, Nakano. It's me now. <laughs> it's like, that'd be funny. It's like, oh, no, Nakano, you've done so well. 
Uh, but yeah, you end up having this, you know, ancient deal. It right, did feels you, okay. did you want did you want Verda to kill Nakano and Harley yes, Quinn this I wanted week? To, I wanted her to slice him. <laughs> Maybe up get another. Left. Oh no no! Fuck oh, that dude! Great. Her whole thing is take an eyeball. It's take an eye for an eye. Take that's out Nakano's true. other oh eye. Oh my god! Maybe she actually would go for the one that's already gone, and, and that then would he end would up... actually understand how justice works because he'd be blind as well. <laughs> That's what he would be. You're Fuck right. That was that even a better story. God but even it. in this, it's when like you have comments. this going on, you have this Arkham deal or whatever, and it feels, again, this feels a little like Court of the Owls. It, a lot of times these things will kind of feel like that. But then with the Arkham deal thrown in, it feels like the Curse of the White Knight. But it's all mangled up and jumbled that we don't know. This is why, even if you really like this and it's a good beginning, you don't know enough for me to give it a 10 out of 10 with these, you know, well, even guys, the but- idea that she sent ahead this Mr. Gale to get things ready for her son, Arzen, to take over fucking Gotham or Arkhamus or just get their birthright back, whatever that may mean going forward. And the Maroney's like, hey, when the Batman comes out, there's no guarantees, buddy. This is Gotham. I'm sorry about that. And when you have Mr. Gale, he's like, no, gentlemen, I'm afraid the lack of understanding is entirely yours. And the motherfucker has cat's eyes like Michael Jackson <laughs> at the end of the throw. I'm like, yeah, what does. is happening? I thought he's the vampires, Eric. He might be the wolf man. Transylvania. Oh my goodness. But yeah, and then he comes out and there's these hooded figures and like, okay, burn and clean it up. And I'm like, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what that means as a all of underground of Adam's Gotham. Irish pub. But then he even just says, like, okay, we gotta get rid of the blemishes. I'm like, okay, like and then what's that's done. The deal? And then you see Bruce sleeping at his brownstone, and all of a sudden a hand rips out of his chest like it's like there is no Dana, only Zul and the freaking Barbados. Comes out of his chest, grabs all of his like, I am Barbados, Bruce, wake up. I'm like, what is happening right now? And Bruce is like, I'm the wagon. He starts muttering to himself. You end up where he's sitting there at first. He's got the dad bod going there. They're really making him look old when he's sitting it there goes back, It over. goes back to whatever play that they're listening to. to the, I mean, that we had at the beginning of this whole thing that I don't know because you had the bat demon in the background of that. But this is something that Bruce didn't go to. He freaking did Batman. So That's the so weird play. He's like, Wake up, Bruce. Open your eyes. Where are you, demon? You call each night and die so hard not to see. You fear to look into yourself and see my face. Yet it is you who resides within me. But you can still hear me, can't you, Bruce? In darkness does fear reside. Listen to the bell that tolls my name. Barbatos. It chimes upon the wind. Barbatos. It knells in the deep. Yeah, and Listen. I think that that's why. That's why Bruce didn't go to the play. He dreams about it every damn night. And the thing like, is, and then he wakes up like an alarm clock says, Listen, but that little box that he had next to him this box. whole time, it's just open now and it's a music box. I'm like, God, look, there could be some <laughs> good stuff that comes out of this whole it detective comic scene. But this, in my mind, is just as far as I go as a normal comic reading folk and being, you know, America's sweetheart Eric Shea. It drove you nuts, didn't it? I don't know what the hell is happening right now. It's all over the place. It's a little boy dancing with the skeletons. It's, it's a little, little lad. lad. It's yeah. a little lad with the skeletons dancing around. I don't like that, Eric. Uh, but the the funny play is here. I would have rather have had Bruce at that play and then realize, holy crap, like they're kind of centering on me or Batman, whatever. And then when he dreams later, has it, but he wasn't even there. And just having Barbados in, I know that normally this should feel bigger. That should be a really big thing. But I don't know. After Metal and Barbados just became. Well, it's a, like every time we punk. see Court of Owls anymore, they're so watered down. They're not even a threat. But even and then Barbados, even I mean, he became less of the big thing, even in the event that he was supposed to be the, the Batman who left. Oh, yeah. The Batman who left kicked the shit out of him. Yeah. He just made him look like who's, a chump who's in that sidekick whole... now. <laughs> the Batman who left. <laughs> but then at the end, when we get that music box, that's what he sounded like, right? Um, Yes, that's exactly how he said <laughs> it's a music box. I'm like, 
All right. All right. Let's see. And and I ended up and we still have the backup, but I ended up saying I I like some of them. I like some of the things in this with Batman and Nightwing. I like at least that you're getting maybe some detective work, but is it because he's just grabbing things or whatnot? But I still think that it's a more promising story than what we were getting from Mariko Tamaki. So I'm a little more positive that way. I still don't think it's great, but you could always think it's the first issue. So you go to this backup, though. This backup, it's one of three, and I don't want to deal with this ever again because it really takes away everything that we had in the, in the Joker. Where's where at Bullock? the end of that, we had Commissioner Gordon go off to go partner with Bullock to be detective, like PI kind of guys off on their own. They had a shit ton of money from the Court of Alice. They're going to go off and try to stop the network and do all kinds of good works in Gotham and everywhere else. In this one, Commissioner, well, former Commissioner Gordon is just a has been who's looking to do anything but retire right now and is just drinking his life away in a bar with a bartender named Sal when old, like, crooked cops come in, hey, Hey, commissioner, former commissioner, I got this hooker over here. You can, hey, uh, you can spend your time with her. And then she needs help because nobody's going to listen to her at the police department. But what she actually needs is that her help finding her son who's missing right now, which just sends, you know, Gordon off there looking for like something to do with his life now that he's retired. Takes him back to the old Arkham Asylum where she finds some crazy guy that may or may not be his son all naked and fucking painting shit on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like you with said, at the end art. of the Joker deal, of course, they ended up having that extra special ending that maybe this was written before to go with but even so you ended up having gordon going off with what was going to be bullock they're going to be private dicks right so they're going to have that so you end up having this yeah and a shit ton of money but here you have gordon who's such a sad sack that even at a point where he might actually have worked with the mob but he says that ah no i i don't uh, want to do they that they wouldn't have you anyway we checked Oh, they wouldn't have me? Fuck. Sai <laughs> hey, Spurrier, if he's listening, listen, I know noir. I, I've read some noir things. You don't have to beat me up with it every freaking panel. Every panel is like, oh, man, I locked into this bar and this lady. And it's so over the top. Nothing of it sounds like Gordon one iota and then ends up being just sad sack Gordon. I thought there would be a funny play because at the end, he does mention the idea that there's still the smell of some of the gas that was in the Arkham. I thought that there would be a cool deal where maybe there's some weirdos that end up going down into the innards of this wreck Gotham because you can end up getting high huffing down there and the things and going, but even so you get nothing. I mean, you get this deal of him going to find a hooker's son who might be dealing, but might not. And sad sack Gordon who calls up everybody and nobody wants to talk to him or do anything with him. And I thought that it was just bad. And with that, I don't know if you want to not talk about the next two. I knew her, Annie Redding, walking red to the Johns. In quiet months, she'd sell whispers to work shy badges up in Burnley. Human gristle, picked clean and chewed up by the insatiable city, but too damn tough to let it swallow her outright. Old walking red. Uh, the best is that was the, that was when I had had enough when there was the human gristle. A troubled young man, she said. Differently wired, she said. All secrets and strange passions, skipping school and keeping dark company. You know that dark company. What do you mean by that? Because now I'm worried. Yeah, really. Even that. Impressions. Collapse veins. Glock and spiel ribs. Through a thrift store top. DT shivers in every premature wrinkle. Ah, uh, Gordon. Ooh, I hate this 100% background. Gordon. But yeah, I ended up when I reviewed it on the site. It. Because of it being a first issue with Ram V. I really did want Cy Spurrier to ruin even more of the deal. So I said in my review, I'm not even going to count that back up because it's, it's nonsense. And it doesn't even tie in well with what we're dealing with in the current continuity. So with that, I gave it a 7.8 on the site. I'm actually going down to a 7. 
after I read it again and thought about it and talked to you about it. I do like the art. I'm a Raphael Albuquerque fan. Oh, yeah, the art's fine throughout the main story. Yeah. And it fits the whole, you know, gothic type of deal with that. But the story's scattered right now. And that's not, you know, random. It's hard to review an issue where things are all being set up and you don't quite know if they will pan out or whatnot. But just reviewing it as an issue that we have to do. I was a bit confused of the start. It was a little slow, I thought. Uh, so 7 out of 10 for me. What would you give it? 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not. I mean, you're not going 10 out of 10. All right. No, but no. we're going to move on to the next book, which I do like a little better. Eric, what is that? That is Robin number 16, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Roger Cruz, Norm Ratman, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. And in this, we are moving towards the Batman versus Robin story and the combination of what we had going on with the demon Nezka in the world's finest Nezha in the world's finest series on Lazarus Island. But what we start this issue out is Damien sleeping on Lazarus Island, where he sees who Jim calls Special, Special G. G, who I call uh, Clay Wilson, you know, like in his respawn outfit saying, you could have saved me, but instead you went with your bat. And this whole progression of this, you have, you know, respawn turning more and more into a zombie, a dead. And he looks horrifying. And I just imagine this is the whole thing of like the demon Nezha, like kind of like seeping into the soil of this land and trying to get Damien to do something. So I think this is more of like an evil premonition or trying to get him to do something by showing him a horrific like inside those pits is the key to your truth. But first you must wake up. And I'm like, that's a cool ass way to begin, especially if we get respawn back because I want him back. And that's the funny thing. Uh, I thought that and one of the solicits kind of spoiled a deal that I thought and maybe it didn't. But. You know, there's the play. Maybe he'll want to get Nezha involved because, and I'm saying Damien, because he wants to bring Alfred back. And you said, well, why would he do that? He already said that he wouldn't. Well, now here you Thanks see God. he's going respawn and he might feel guilty and might want to do that because, you know, he does feel bad with it and he's having bad dreams. I do think that he's been infected by Nezha. I think he Let's is just say like entering we, the dream. We do take respawn's body and throw his ass in the last verse. The worst thing that could happen is he just gets t- taken over by the great darkness like his daddy did. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, I wonder how that's going to play out. How does that have to deal with the demon? I don't know. <laughs> and I wonder how that is. It's going to be very odd. But if that's even what happens, I hope we do get special G See, back. It's the devil Nesha, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and yeah, it is the devil Nesha. So you have that, but you also get a uh, double XL in this. I mean, all the hits going, Eric. It's you... awesome, right? Yeah, he's hanging. He's, he's there on the, the beach. He's not doing anything. And you know what? It's the way I like him. I like that they mention him because that means they have big plans for him coming up. But the big thing is you have Lord Deathman that we do Bullshit. enjoy. The big right? thing is after the Shadow War, we have the Demon's Fist, who was run by Damien's cousin Mara, coming to Lazarus Island and hoping to stay. And the idea where we have a Damien Wayne that continues to be this, having this great growth of character under Joshua Williamson's helm. When he sees her and he sees these former opponents of his and these like former League, League of Shadows kind of people... Come in. He has never gotten along with his cousin Mara. He has freaking, you know, uh, competed against her his entire life. And here, and here, you have them come together. And like you can stay here, you can do whatever you want. And I need a favor from you right away. You need to watch this Lord Deathman for me because we got some shit to do. Because when the series starts out, you have Lord Deathman who is chained up, just going off on his weird kinks. Of, I just need you to kill me, kill me, punish me. You'll never get oh anything out of me with the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, you end up where he says that. And the problem is you can't kill him because he can't, but he, he kind of likes that. And you do have Connor there. And Connor and Damien, they want to get going. They have to do something. And when they see Mara, the funniest is I'm like, Mara, you might want to take off the mask before you actually get on the island. That's I mean, fine. it looks cool. kind of menacing here. But she ends up 
kind of surprised and says that's the most mature thing she's ever heard Damien say because Damien at points, even in that Teen Titans, like he ends up where he would just fight her, just to fight her without even talking to her. And this well, is, I love this series. This is a better deal. And he hugs her. She seems like she's like, no, no, like this is weird. Uh, but it works out. And he says, can you watch, you know, Lord Deathman while we and go she off? says yes, but it turns out, no, she can't. She's not fucking reliable. I'm kicking her off my goddamn island as soon as I come back. Yeah, really? She doesn't say that. He doesn't say that, but I would. There's a bunch of things that are cool here because they go off to Tokyo, Connor Hawk and well, Damien go off. because we have Lord Deathman all chained up here. And he's not going to give anything away. But what we do know from the end of the last issue is that he is here looking for help because Flatline, has his sidekick, you know, for, for, and the girlfriend of Damien Wayne has gone crazy, is trying to finally murder Lord Deathman without the resurrection and has taken over his criminal empire. So obviously Connor Hawk and Damien have to go to Tokyo to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, and it's fun. You go there, you have a very bright, you have that whole Tokyo deal, and then they are approached by the Batman of Japan hero who does come up, and this is good continuity here, where he comes in and says, hey, what are you doing in Japan? You shouldn't be here. But Damien's like, aren't you supposed to be in that, like, ghost maker ink or whatever and he's like nah things didn't go well he doesn't say i wasn't picked. no no it was it's, told it's to so go good home. too because you know you know hero did get screwed out of the whole thing but yeah even he when did da- i you know damien has grown but he is still going to talk some shit when it's like you know good because even this whole thing it, i've always been wondering how does damien feel about ghost maker and everything that's been going on in the background because he's been doing his own thing while ghost maker's been doing his thing with batman and james tynan's run sans damien but when you have this whole thing it's like I thought you were with, like in Ghostmaker Inc. Don't you mean Batman Inc.? I'm not happy that my father turned over a piece <laughs> of his operation to that pretender. I'm like, good for you, Damien. He was part of Batman Inc. at one point and ended up getting killed and all that. So there's even bigger things that I like that he just throws shade at it. But I love Hero who says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they just told me to come back out. here. He doesn't want to say they didn't want me. I got the sent home. skills are better off here at home, guys. It, it, he makes it seem like it was his decision. And I, I thought you, that Hira. was fun. I Safe thought that face. was really funny. And he says we have to find we're going through Lord Deathman's hideouts and trying to figure out where Flatline is. Flatline is. I almost no. said respawn where Flatline is. And they end up and this is OK. It's kind of a funny little deal where they go into one of the hideouts and it's like a video game thing. It doesn't really play out as well, I think, on the page that it could have because it's so quick. But you end up where they're attacked by like a construct type An thing Oni. that's involved in this video game that Damien figures out. Yeah, and he ends up smashing the video game, which then cuts off the deal. But then this was a trap. And you a turn trap. off the Oni, like, you know, like, autom- like automaton by turning off the video game. But as you turn off the video game, a trap door opens, taking you to another trap. Because Lord Deathman, he loves his tricks and traps. Yeah, and he likes his trips and tracks out of channel. Yeah, I can't even say that. But it ends up where I could even go with the idea that Flatline ended up setting this up as well and using this one to be the idea. Well, Damien's a smart one. He'll figure this out. I want to get him. But it could be something like that. But he ends up falling down into this like well, again, abyss. it doesn't feel like Flatline even knows that he's here or coming for her, or even what like where Lord Deathman is because this is all Lord Deathman's plan and she seems to be in the dark about everything I mean she's like kind of in the background and sneaks up right behind him like she's waiting there for somebody whoever it would be but comes in and says hey I won't tell anybody I snuck up on you but look at my new look I look like your mom look at me team Talia right yeah, yeah, and then she's like, yeah, oh, what's going on? going on right here? And then the idea, too, where she doesn't know that Damien thinks or says to everybody, oh, that's my girlfriend, and kind of gets girlfriend, a huh? little bit with that. That was kind of funny with that as well as Hero 
and Connor come down. Have you been telling people that I'm your girlfriend? Well, with a little hand to the back of the head, Robin. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. And it almost felt like, oh, there's the girlfriend Niagara Falls. He could just say that because she isn't around. But they Thankfully. are kind of, right? Thankfully, you have Connor like, you know, break all this tension and say, why did Lord Deathman come to Lazarus Island just to lie to us about why he's coming? Like, you know, what, like, why? Like, you're not being evil. It's like, who knows with that guy? Let's ask him, right? Where he is, you know, stuff like the idea that she's like, you fucking idiots. This guy's all about tricks and traps and all this stuff. You left him on your island. Obviously, that's where he wanted to be because you're not there and you're here. So you just got freaking, you got death man. Yeah, you did. You got mind freak death man style because she even says, I kind of just took over the criminal empire. He guys, was doing nonsense. That, the guy's like, a guys, jokester. Guys, your little home base has a giant skull mountain. Which we pointed out. Where death man episode. wants to control Lazarus Island. It's all about branding. Now, that's kind of cool. And, and we even made the joke about it. You even said when we talked about the last issue of Robin, you're like, he just no, went there finest. because it was already branded. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. there, right? It's like, oh, Lord Deathman, he's ready. Even the it's last already issue there. Of World's Finest that we talked about where we did trap the demon Nessa in his tomb. And they're like, all right, guys, we got to like cover this tomb with all these freaking boulders. And when I'm like, you think uh, Batman and Superman made that giant skull with the, you know, covering the tomb? Damn right they did. It's pretty badass. But in this, she says, I took over the empire, the criminal deal that he had, because he's always doing his little tricks and traps. And I wanted to do something. Now, Damien doesn't say anything about that, but that is kind of a little beyond, like that's crossing the line a little maybe. But the big thing is when she says, you don't get it, Lord Deathman. You have an island that's a skull. That's funny. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah. When you turn the page, though. Man, I must have it. <laughs> and you end up where he's like, oh, my God, I, this is mine now. And I'm like, OK, still goofy. It's funny. You have all the kids that are out and about. They're drinking it up. It looks like Burning Man. They're probably doing drugs. It does there. not look like Burning Man. It's it looks, burning like, a, man it looks to like a me. handful of kids sitting down and laughing and having some drinks. The last time I, I saw something like this. A girl went out swimming and got killed in Jaws, Eric. Nothing good happens at beach parties. No beach parties, Eric. But with that, Lord Deathman's left alone. And I'm still like laughing about it. Like, oh, there he is. And he's like, oh, and he gets freed. But by somebody who has really cool glowing fingernails. I'm, oh, who's this? I wonder who this is. And then when you turn the page, I'm like, it just got so over the top. You have mother's soul. And I got to think about the idea of, well, you have Damien's grandmother here, but. Oh, no, great-grandmother. And yeah, I have yeah. to think about the whole idea where, what has she been doing? Like, this is her island. She's been banished here. She's just able to walk around, do whatever she wants, because it feels like a weird situation where she just goes over here, unchains the word death man. Like, the idea that they have this whole idea, like, he's here because he gave a whole ruse, but you know what? It's their time now. Sorry, seeing you had got me excited. I came as soon as I heard you had returned to the island paradise. I'm like, what do you mean return to it? This is where she's been for like a thousand goddamn years, but I had to see you, my love. But I just see Mother Soul getting freaking, you know, face deep into his freaking larynx because how do you make out with something with no lips? He doesn't have tongue. He He doesn't have lips. She is actually inside his jaw trying to find something to make out with. It looks awful. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, my darling. Let me make out with your bottom row of teeth. (laughs) I mean, seriously, it's like hinged onto the bottom of her mouth. and It's disgusting. But I do like the play here that throughout this issue... You keep pointing out that Lord Deathman's a joke. He always Meh. wants his kinks. He's always goofy, and he is. That's Lord the Death character. Man. I do, too. And so when you end up having it, and Joshua Williamson tried to get into that goofy talk. He doesn't quite get it, but it's it's almost there. It, he does a good job of and also saying, oh, he's a joke. Nobody takes him 
you know, seriously, they take that the idea that he's going to do nothing. Punish me, kill me. You kind of by the end, you kind of elevate him a little seeing that he tricked everybody. That's what he wanted. He wanted to go there so that he took a bunch of kids. And yeah, they are. But it's Damien and all them. And yeah, it is still kids. But he's Lord Deathman. He's not going to trick anybody else. But yeah, I want to see what's going on with that. Uh, because that making out has got to stop. Eric. It's like the worst. Uh, but I did like this issue. I did like seeing. Con- I wish Connor had more I've got to a do. Boner. Now, oh my god! Yeah, there you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Connor's with Damien, but doesn't really do much. I wish that he had but a little more to have- do. The the uh, the combination of getting them all getting the band back together essentially when you have Connor Hawk Damien and Flatline there too bad we don't have Ravager or respawn but you do have Hero the Batman of Japan at least uh, hopefully he'll come along and play because he was there during the Lazarus Storm as well but you have everybody that you really want going on and hopefully we get back to Lazarus Island and put a stop the thing is is this the is the next issue the last issue of Robin it seems like it is there's nothing how you, else how solicited. do you tie up everything that we've been doing so far with one more issue of robin especially when all i want is that heart to have an explanation that flatline brought back to lord Deathman in, in the beginning of the series maybe some of this will say play that out probably the, like you know six issues ago batman versus damien batman versus robin when it comes out maybe we'll continue some of these things because maybe damien will have a team with there him maybe so he will have do. them in that which would be cool I never even thought of any of these characters carrying over and fighting on Damien's side, maybe against Batman. We got to we got to figure out what that all means and whatnot. We think that Damien's going to get controlled by Nesta. Because we Deathman and Mother Soul right now, and you got to imagine that yeah, they're going to unleash something, the, right? the devil Nesha. So you're going to have that going on. But then you also have everything that we had like built up previously with the heart of Damien Wayne that probably is you know respawns heart that was transplanted previously. And I want to know how all this is going to play out. And I don't know how we're going to do that in one issue or even the six issues of Batman versus Robin. Because I have to assume that has its own story going on. Well, I mean, if Nezha, like that's how they resurrect Nezha. He just takes over the body of Lord Deathman. And then he's the big to do or whatever. Nah. But, yeah, he's so he's so goofy. I love him. But I do like this. I, I don't know how they're going to tie everything up or whatnot. Maybe we'll find out there'll be a special or something that they end up kind of doing like the joker deal is there or an whatnot. annual that's coming out next month i don't i don't know i don't think there's anything i think that it's just that we'll we'll check it we'll check it in between but check, yeah check this it. this seems like it's gonna have to be wrapped up and then probably to be continued in batman versus robin with i Mark just Wade, hope that so. there's a hiatus that's put on this we have batman versus robin as soon as that's done we get back to robin number 18 yeah that would be cool that would be actually cool that because that would also give Joshua Williamson, because that's who I would want to come back and write. Obviously. I don't know that I want somebody else to write it because it's be been done, so done good with Damon. By then. That'll be done by then. So maybe that is. Maybe there'll be a hiatus. We'll see. But you would think they'd announce that, but we'll, we'll figure it out. I think they do a lot of things that they don't do. That is true. But what would you give this? Not a lot of progression in this issue, but I actually don't care because I'm not here for like, you know, at the beginning, I like go into this book, like at the beginning of the series. And I expect a normal kind of progression, but we never really got that because we spent the, like the first 12 issues just doing a, like a Lazarus Island Mortal Kombat tournament, which was terrible. But ultimately, yeah, I ended up not caring because I love the artwork in this book. I love what Joshua Williams is doing with not only Damien, but all the other characters. And that continues here with the love of the characters and them getting da- uh, Flatline back, Damien, Hero, the Batman of Japan, and Connor Hawk, even bringing in the Demon's Fist to go led by Mara, Damien's cousin. In. There's a lot of great things going on here. And you get some smooches from Mother Soul and Lord Deathman. It's gross yeah, as hell. Not a lot of progression, sexy. especially 
being the penultimate issue of the series. But with all these things that I love, I still give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go eight. And that, that kiss, though. So lame. So lame, Eric. I mean, seriously, it was a bit sassy, though, in it my mind. It gave me a boner. And, and that's the thing. When we're talking about this, a lot of people ended up saying that tournament was great. It wasn't. It didn't really pan out. It didn't. But it, it allowed us to be introduced to these characters that we actually have grown Special to love. G. And these characters, we actually, me and you personally, like a lot more than some of like the Tynan characters that were really given more of a big push. And I want to see more uh, of Flatline. I want to see Special G. I want to see Respawn. Even though people hate him. Double double XL, right? Double XL, you got... He's too busy hanging out with Black Swan. He's going to win you over. I know him and Black Swan are just there waiting for somebody to come through and like drive by shoot both of them dead because nobody cares about him. But I don't care. Where's the hype man, Eric? Where is XL's hype man? I guess they did. They're not allowed on the island. This is the island of the misfit kids, you know, that let everything go and have Burning Man. They wouldn't allow that. Not Burning the, man, Jim. the adults there it's a, would have it's said a regular no get Burning together. Man. Is it a regular get together? Here's the thing. Nobody ever wanted to get together with me, so everything's like still don't. real elevated to me. Like, that's Burning Man. It might be Woodstock. I, I know, don't like, know, I, I told Eric. you, Jim, before. It's like, I asked you, hey, you want to go out and have a beer with me? He said, I don't, I'm not into your drugs, freaking That's junkie. Right. I'm like, God I don't damn it. need your drug habits, Eric. I'm don't just like, push it, was it a on beer. me. You push your man. Me and you went out with Mark Jager that one time. I didn't have any beer, Eric. Cause and I, I had way drink. too many. Yeah, you did. You had enough for both of us. I'll tell you that. That is true. But what is the next book? Next up, we have Task Force Z, number 10, written by Matthew Rosenberg, with art by Eddie Barrows, Eber Ferreira, Adriana Lucas, and Rob Lee. And in this, we're continuing the idea of putting together a team to take on Jerry Powers with their team of, like, you know, whatever monsters they have with Mr. Bloom and freaking, you know, Manback going on over there. But this is, t- is taking a weird turn. Uh, the ultimate weird turn. In a series where I feel like we've taken a bunch of weird turns because ultimately, this is about controlling Lazarus Resin and understanding Lazarus Resin and seeing who's going to do it. Is it going to be Powers International or is it going to be Two-Face and his weird ragtag group of kids? I say kids, but just zombies with however they're going to use the last resin for military, you know, U.S. purposes. But now we get into weird things about mind manipulation, where we have to tie this book into what we had discovered in the Joker series, where Bane all along was the mastermind of the like the A-Day fear state stuff that we had going on in Batman, where Arkham Asylum was destroyed. But everybody believed it was the Joker. Reading Fear State, everybody then believed it was Scarecrow. And by, and by everybody, I mean everybody who was reading comics because it seemed very freaking like, you know, on the nose that Scarecrow Street. did this to make it look like Joker did to start the fear state going on. But no, in the Joker series, you learn that even though Bane was killed in the A-Day attack, Bane was the mastermind of the whole thing. And that Bane that we saw in the Arkham Asylum was not actually Bane, but a pretender, a fake Bane. And even though we had a fake Bane who died in A-Day, in this series now, who we've had a Bane the entire so time. Lame. We have to find out that this Bane is not even that dead Bane who was pretending to be Bane dead. This is a different Bane that was then turned into Bane with his memories intact because of the thinker. And by the end of the issue, we find out that the person who's been pretending to be the dead Bane all along is actually Gotham, Hank Clover Jr. And I'm like, Gotham and Gotham girl, this is Gotham. His dead body has been turned into Bane and made to think that he is Bane. But even though he's been made to think he is Bane and wants to find out, he now knows that he's not Bane and wants to remember. So Mr. Bloom has to do all these experiments and do different things. To tell us that this is actually Gotham, I'm like, why did you do this? We have, we're at issue number 10 of 12. We're having a, what I'm considering a half-decent story going on, a mostly decent it's story okay. going on. 
it's really it's really fallen off. And I am still digging what Mr. Bloom is up to, even though um, I can't tell you exactly what Mr. Read Bloom is. I just read Mr. Bloom because he makes me giggle at exactly. points. Exactly. He's a I, great character in this. I hated him previously in that freaking heavy metal that we had with Scott Snyder, who created the character. I love him here. I want to know what his final plans, his machinations are in the background of everything that's going on here because he is going to be the big bad of the whole thing. I still don't know what he's doing, but I'm here waiting for it. But we have an entire issue to break down how we have this mind manipulation stuff that made this guy think he was Bane for some reason just to get Jason Todd on board so that he could kill Bane for killing Alfred Pennyworth. I'm like, why did you do this? Why did you do this in issue number 10? Why did you do this at all? I want to be Gotham Hank's lawyer because he comes back and they convince him he's Bane, like in that mind control deal and make him that so much less of a power set than what he normally actually has and whatnot. I mean, this is a Superman, you know, character who can fly and have all that stuff. And now he's Bane. Check this out. You have a dead body. And we know that in order to get Jason Todd to lead this in the past, we need to have a Bane on this. But we don't have a Bane, but we're going to have. We're going to fucking jump through goddamn hoops with Amanda Waller before she even starts the Suicide Squad story to go to Earth 3. We have all this going on. She has the thinker who, who in the background of all this has been downloading villains' minds just for his own personal good because technology is not quite there to do anything with the own, the downloaded memories of villains, except for his own personal experiments, stuff like that. So we're going to, in 24 hours, hook the thinker up to this dead body, make this dead body then think that it is actually Bane through the memories that have been downloaded into the thinker's mind. And then we're going to inject a venom throughout this venom dead body. to make them big. Exactly. And so Lazarus have, Resin. I mean, and Lazarus Resin and Venom and all these stuff. And I'm like, you have fucking Gotham. What is wrong it, with you? It's, it's such a weird else. play here. It's such a weird play where this issue shows you that you're going to have Matthew Rosenberg jump through about 80 hoops when you don't have to jump through these things at this point to come out at an end where it just makes things more This convoluted. was a roller coaster and, ride of emotions that eventually just crashed. <laughs> Yeah, it did crash. And that's why I said, I like this book with you as well through. And then it started to lose its zeal. And one of the things that, you know, quite frankly, is this Lazarus resin bullshit. Nobody cares about nobody cares iota about it. I think everybody is. So you had pretty much hinged a whole book on this idea of Lazarus resin. And that ends up not being anything. Now we're way past that. Even now, when you're bringing in Amanda Waller after all that, like, Everything seems like this book has been left behind and seems like a, yeah, been there, done that deal. I'm done with it. And it just went on too long. And it's, it's sad. I remember when these books, this and the DC versus vampires were announced and we said, okay, in 12 months, will we care about this? And we also said about DC versus vampires, how's that going to play out with a, almost like a horror Halloween type deal in the middle of the summer. Well, that got delayed horrendously, but at least that's still well, got We have like 17 thing. of those titles. Yeah, so we fine. do. And that's really going. And uh, this one, like I said to you, like, boy, this seems like it went on too long. You're like, it's 12 issues. It was announced as 12. It's just, it didn't seem like the story ever stuck. You get, I, I couldn't really even tell you what the overall real big picture story is and where we could go out of this and what it'll do. I think this is just this little contained story that lost its way. It tried to do other things than that Joker stuff. I think there were other things that Joker deal and all the stuff revealed may have screwed this. I don't know. But yeah, why the, couldn't the you deal, just have the dead Bane from the asylum tell me who that guy was? Like I said, you you jumped through 80 hoops. Because I'm still to trying to understand that. Further, That's all you needed that to be. You didn't have like, is this going to be the idea that at 10 out of 12 issues, the 10th issue, somebody's going to go, oh, my God, Hank's back. 
and and have to go buy it? I mean, seriously, Hank Gotham, who's then like, I'm Gotham. And now is he going to be mad? Are we going to get Gotham girl in here to calm him down? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Why are you veering off it? You know, you only have two more issues left. And it's just an odd play. And the idea of, you know, we had those teams at one point and then all of a sudden to go into this and, oh, the thinkers die. Just, well, not only it, that, because I'm telling you, we have to do some major fucking feats of acrobatics yeah. to jump through these hoops that are pre-presented to us in this issue. But on top of all that, you have a situation where the Bane has come to uh, Jerry Powers, Powers International, because it wants to remember what it once was because we because it, like we have this person on their team and stuff like that and have all the lads risen out of them if they need to. But the idea is we're going to do this. But in order to do this, we then have to have Mr. Bloom, who are told can't leave the building, but then does leave the building and goes back to the chop shop. The, our heroes, you know, home base wakes up Jason Todd. We have a big old fight with all our freaking, you know, Task Force Z characters where then he does does a little rhyme that somehow takes control of our zombies with the mind the mind pro like the um the mind meld whatever uh, yeah yeah the, the brainwashing that i'm talking about with how we did the uh gotham in the bane and stuff like that he has a manchurian candidate kind of like you know rhyme that he does that turns all of jason todd's team against him but and turns is, him into like him it, it, he gave exactly. them his personality so you have multiple mr bloom personalities in these zombie bodies that are then fighting jason todd and solomon grundy because solomon grundy he's still good but the problem with all this solomon is, grundy's kind of fun in this oh, he's amazing that. yeah i love solomon grundy the problem with this is that jason todd's team are the former suicide squad that just came on recently that they had to reanimate for their team so they're not programmed like a, original teams would be that mr bloom would have access to but somehow he is able to do this and even the idea later on when all this fighting is going on where you have grundy and bloom just being the freaking best there is at this whole thing like the idea of like hey don't king shame me and then grunty punches i'll kick king shame you to hell like you're not using that right and as he's beating the crap <laughs> out of grunty's so good but even when like you know mr boom's like don't tell batman this jason but you're my best friend you know stuff like that bloom and grunty are amazing in this issue but then to get away because we're here to freaking kidnap dr shelley one of the clone you know doctors stuff like that to bring him back to jerry's uh powers international to like you know do the whole brainwashing, anti-brainwashing to figure out that, you know, oh my God, this dead Bane has actually got them along. Give him his memories back. But in order to do that, we have to make things up like how he made this team brainwashed and into Mr. Blooms. It doesn't work out because there's no reason they would have this. But then also, oh my God, Copperhead was driving the van they got away in, but Copperhead wasn't there with it. He must have got him on like at a different time. I'm like, what? Really? You actually have to say that he got, why didn't you just have Copperhead there and then run off? You actually said, but Copperhead was infected. He must have got him before and or after. Yeah. Why? And then I love the idea where when you end up having them reveal Gotham was actually the character and everybody's like, oh, my God, it was got like the, you put the costume on. him. <laughs> He's got his Gotham costume on. <laughs> what, what did you do? Sneak in and put that in, turn off the lights. Hey, everybody, Gotham. And yeah, and I love the idea, though, that he is a character that you end up. You really have to, like, explain to people who it is, because not many Henry people. Henry Hank Clover Jr., welcome back, Gotham. And I, I ended up like, Hank Clover, oh, my God. And then I look, and me and you, I don't know. You never liked Gotham or Gotham no. Girl. I actually did. But this is just, so, like, like the resin, though, this is just so far removed that this is not a wow moment. So what you this have is, is not a reanimated freaking Gotham, a Hank Clover Jr., but also in the body that he's, you know, he's been in, he's been like, uh, and induced with, you know, venom for all this time. So he is a gigantic zombie Gotham. 
But he's got his outfit on. He's yeah. got his costume on. Well, I'm it's like, like a glove. It's at fine. least they gave him that, and it actually fits in this weird way that it's expanded. But that's Howard's my- International got a bunch of tailors on the payroll. If you ended up having this in a normal deal, and maybe three years ago, for it, I'd be excited because I would think, oh my god, what's Claire? What's Gotham Girl going to say about? Well, you this? even have Gotham Girl on that backup that we just got done doing. Like we are back in time right now. Here's Gotham, and Gotham Girl was in the last couple weeks, like months it's of just issues. Such a weird play, but why? If you like, I know you want to. How would Claire you know, deal with this ramification? That's of what knowing I'm saying. This? That's interesting, but I don't think we'll get it here. I, I mean, don't... Claire finds out that they have been messing She's with her already brother, not well, which she already thought that at one point like well they already did that they already brought him back to life to begin with like years ago yeah that was when they had that going down so if this goes on is that the beginning of the lazarus resin i forget how that happened like i don't even know i mean it's not it's not not lazarus resin how they did it but like was that the beginning scientifically i know what you're saying it might be maybe that was the first experiment but whatnot but to end up where even jason in this now jason ends up having this whole big thing oh my god you ended up making me think that I killed Bane, but now I'm upset because I killed somebody who was it. No, you killed a, a, just another zombie. He was already dead, dude. It's fine. I know. That's what I'm saying. And Jason seems very upset about this. And like you, you've killed living people. Batman would even say this is okay because they're already dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when he gets upset about it, it's another hoop to jump through that you didn't need to have. I'd rather have what story is. I don't need you to reveal Oh, my God, the big linchpin of this thing was that they didn't actually have Bane. They had Gotham. Like, really? Like, what? I have my arms up in the air right now. Who cares? Who really cares about that and what's going on? Let's get more of what Bloom's trying to do behind the scenes and screw Jerry Powers when he's mentioning the sun. Oh, my God. And she's like, then he's throwing shade. Oh, I don't Kurt, mean your son. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Langstrom, he's like, ah, she saw you naked as a bat guy. She don't want no parts of you, dude. Oh, dude, I'm he's telling you, hilarious. there's a lot of stuff still to like about this book. It's just the overall story had to do so much. The that overall story is a here. mess. Because even when you have Bloom, Bloom escape and it's like Copperhead's driving the van, you have Dr. Shelley in there, and that's the whole reason was the kidnapper. But like, you have Jason Todd. Who the hell was driving that? And you have the other doctor, like, you know, Delia. It must have been Copperhead. Bloom must have gotten <laughs> to him, too. And then in the middle of this, don't worry, Grundy is okay. <laughs> Nobody's worried about poor Grundy who just got hit by the van. My, I think that was my favorite part. Like he is doing the, eh, I'm okay over here. Nobody he's cares. Great. He is great. I mean, Don't earlier, worry, Grundy's okay. At points when he's correcting English <laughs> and stuff, like he, Grundy's a great character and they're actually using him pretty well right now as this like comic relief guy but he also he can kick ass which i Here's really this do whole thing with bloom at this one point but alas watching your team tear you into tiny little piece us uh, a bite-sized pieces has become quite a little fetish in mind these last few weeks don't kink shame me and then grundy grundy kink shame bloom to pieces <laughs> you're not <laughs> using that correctly <laughs> it's so good was it was it this book or was it actually was in harley, harley yeah. when it was like so you're talking hey, about who is that whom that whom <laughs> we were laughing so much it's so good but yeah he was great in this and sure bloom has. is still good he's actually really redeemed himself to us because we didn't like him but he plays off well as this insane type of character because even he- when you go back to where mr bloom was a, the original part of two faces crew to put all this stuff together and working with amanda waller when bloom walks out with amanda waller because i think amanda waller as much as she's just over the top here i do enjoy the shit out of it he's like bloom walks out like i just want to take a moment to say how honored i am to be a part of this project i know you have your doubts but 
what they are accomplishing in there is shut the fuck up you cartoon skeleton looking piece of trash i want you to tell you what's going on and they're like first of all i'm choosing to take the skeleton comment as a compliment so thank you yeah yeah it plays out good and what i'd like out of this book which i don't know that we're gonna get that much out of this but i like the idea at one point even you had like a killer croc have the connection with roy harper Great. His AA sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I would like this to maybe because Jason himself, like I'd like him to go off and have these connections with some of these characters like a Solomon Grundy that maybe we can reference later on and have them kind of help him out or whatnot well, later Harley on down the line. Being like, you know, a decent character though, in a decent book, you have Red Hood, Harley, Solomon Grundy. So put some of these characters yeah. together, like just some weird fucking real outlaws. And they are characters that are outlaws. You're, exactly. So maybe you could end like, up don't having... Don't put a, Harley in the Justice League. Put her in the outlaws. Yeah, have Bloom there just for... You could don't, even don't, play Don't it. put Bloom I'm anywhere. I'm telling you, you have Bloom in that just because Jason says he's got to keep an eye on him, that nobody takes him, you know, seriously and he's got to keep an eye on him or Fuck, something bring like that. Bizarro back the way he was before he went up against Trigon or got sent in that field. Like, if, I just want to see an interaction between Solomon Grundy and Bizarro. And I know that Amanda Waller's on Earth 3, but is she? Because we really haven't seen anything with it. But with that, that is also the deal where Jason might actually feel bad all these characters. And they do have an Outlaws deal that could maybe go against the Suicide Squad at some points and things. But with all that said, this this series has become a bit of a mess. It, it really is. It's hard to even keep track Two issues of left. the overall. And we'll figure out what's going on. What's Bloom up to? What are we going to do with Lazarus Resin going forward? I don't mind if we get two more issues of funny Solomon Grundy, Bloom being crazy, and maybe a couple moments with Jason, because I liked a couple issues ago. We still have that there of the idea of the Bat family trying to shut this down, Jason going. So I could still end up reading and enjoying some things, but as a, a book and rating it, it's, it's not very good anymore. I do like the art, but oh, what I would you give it? Art. Eddie Barrow's art's great in this whole thing. I think everybody looks great, and there's some really nice moments with the characters made me laugh. You know, Solomon Grundy and Mr. Boom are the standouts, like I said previously, but the overall story is a mess to try to make things work in ways Such that doesn't mess. matter. Making things jump through hoops to get to the point of like, hey, everybody, it's Gotham. You remember Gotham, don't you? And this, it just doesn't work. And I just had to actually tear my hair out. Reading this whole thing, how they're trying to make all this work. And ultimately, I'm like, who is the guy that was dead in Arkham? I don't know. It doesn't matter. 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 5.5. I'm a little less than you. I like some of the moments and I'll continue. We'll be reviewing it anyway. But I'd continue reading it till the end for those oh, yeah. moments just point. to see how it ends up. Don't worry, Grundy. Okay. That's the weird thing. Like books, like we're talking about Robin, you know, we're going to have yeah. next issue and we know kind of some things like we want this to wrap up this, that, this. I can barely tell you what needs to be wrapped up in this book. Like, where's Two-Face go after this now that he's not in charge of a zombie squad? You know, Two-Face. <laughs> what is Bloom's big plan? What is he trying to do? What does Kurt end up that? Like some of these things, and and when are these guys? Because I don't think half of these. I don't think all these guys are going to still be zombies. I, I, you know, we're going to end up where it's just going to be some big deal of well, hey, everybody's just going to get down some Lazarus yeah, Resin and become all back to life. Somnus Satellite no. ends up getting the. It'll be a sprinkler or something. Hey, look at us, we're dancing. Would dancing it be like in the that rain. holy water in the freaking sprinkler system? Yeah, yeah, like that. In the that's, Constantine. <laughs> that's what I think it'll be. It'll be nonsense, but. With all of that, we'll go off now. We're going to go to some mail. We got a couple mails this week, so we'll go to mail, and then we'll finish up with the books after that. Mail. 
And it is time for the mail. Eric, as the song says, and if you want to be part of the mail, all you have to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com to be a star of the show. But we'll start with Joe, who sent a mail in a couple weeks ago, and I didn't see it as is want to have me do. Is that is a sentence? One? I don't know, but I usually end up missing some things now and again. But Joe says, hello, Jim and Eric. Up, Joe? And then says, Joe, here you guys are still doing a great job on the podcast, and I continue to be impressed with your knowledge about DC Comics as well as your review. Yeah. Does he think we skewers them? Do you no. think? Recently, I have, <laughs> recently, I have started to listen to your advice and started reading books that have, not, have recommended on the DC Infinite app, Nightwing, Robin, among others. I wanted to get your opinion on the recent announcement of the new retitled Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth. What do you think of that name change, Eric? Look, it's Dark Crisis. Just putting in that, and like now it's a sequel for real. I'm like everything is a sequel to fucking Crisis on Infinite Earth. I don't like Infinite Crisis is still a sequel to Crisis, and that was my first sequel. This is another sequel. You don't need to freaking tie it in this much. Are you really that afraid that like you're not doing well enough in the story like department that you have to put this on there so people actually know? Seriously, I think that it's the people who aren't reading it that they want to try to get like, oh my god, Ooh. this is it, and they grab it because it's not. Selling as well, supposedly, as they thought it would or want it to. So I think that they're trying to grab people. Pariah's really, not selling? Uh, no. And, and that's the idea. Yeah, Pariah and that's okay. I think that it's a sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Also, you end up mentioning that it all started with Crisis on Infinite Earths with Great Darkness and things like that and going through. And I said to some people well, who talking about, about it. about multiverses. Yeah, and it's not even just a sequel to Crisis. It's a sequel to everything. I mean, it yeah. just goes down the line. So and that's how life works. For us, for superheroes, whatever. Yeah. People at one point said, it really feels like a desperation move. I'm like, yeah, it does, because they're desperate. That's what you end up doing. I mean, somebody thought that, hey, we better spell this out. We've been saying since even the Infinite Frontier into the Just League Incarnate book, not many people were reading it. People were just, eh, I don't need to get involved with that. And they're realizing, I think, finally, we've got to get people in, and maybe that'll be the way. They're going to do that with Flashpoint Beyond. Well, really, and that's the book that we really do like. But in that, the the people reacting to that crisis on Infinite Earths kind of deal, everybody is laughing at it. I didn't see many people that inspired by it. They were more making fun of it. So I think it might have backfired a bit. But he says, my thought is that while they have recreated the multiverse in the past, they never really did very much with the multiple Earths. And my theory is that by the end of the event, we are going to have a reset in which teams and characters will be back on multiple Earths. For example, JSA will be back on Earth 2 in modern times along with the Shazam family. No multiple characters, i.e. Superman of Earth 1 and Earth 2, but Captain Marvel will replace their Superman. And and that's the thing. If they end up where at the end they reset in a way that what, what Joe's saying, it does sound like that generations that they were going to try to that, do it personally, just because that's what I liked about Christ to begin with, that we took all these things that didn't make sense and put them all on one earth and remade stuff. So you had all of these great characters that could all work together and didn't matter on the time frame from the 40s to now. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that they're going to try to get all these things going and, and they're going to do something wacky. And you, don't you take my Captain Marvel away from my world. Again, I think that like, like we even laughed, we have that world's fine. The Batman world's fine by Mark Wade. That doesn't feel like it's in any, like it's, it's a weird combo of things. And I think that that might as well be a dream world. The deal. Yeah. And I think that maybe they're going to go with, and not even like, the idea of like hey, this character this year, whatever. I, I have a feeling it's like there's Silver Age world. 
You want to tell the wacky Silver Age story? Here you go. And it's going to get very convoluted. It's going to be all over the place. But we'll have to see how it ends. And then he says, Crime Syndicate on Earth 3, etc., which you would want. Crime Syndicate on Earth 3. Yeah. Just wanted to share my thoughts and get your opinion. Have a great day. Look forward to your reviews and see you in the seven. For most part, I enjoy the way that they have the multiverse laid out. Let's say like the 52 Earth, even though some are still kind of like, you know, Isn't there a 53rd with apes on it there? I, 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 honestly, I think <laughs> no, it's the 52nd Earth because our Earth is zero. So that's oh, yeah, the 52nd that's Earth. So it's actually only 51 Earth. So, so that is the, the ape one. It's fucking nonsense, but it doesn't matter. The way that was laid out for the most part, I think it was good, except for when you go to those worlds and start killing people off so nobody gets to play in that sandbox anymore until you reboot or to say it doesn't matter, which takes all the like the wind out of my sails when they read something that doesn't matter. Recreate those worlds, have your own stories. Like when we had the um the Freedom Fighters of Earth X, I'm like, yes, I want to know what's going on with those characters on that earth right now. And that was a fun read. When you have the crimes that can show up, I always want to read those books because I care about that. Hell, I even want to go back to whatever the new 52 Earth 2 stuff is with those modernized versions of the JSA. I cared about Sexy those characters. Lois. Sexy Red Tornado Lois. I wonder yeah. what's up with them, even though that series ended in a weird fucking way on another world, another galaxy. And I don't even know how it ended after Convergence, honestly. And like, you know, Earth I 2 blame society. Telos. Telos is to blame. Mm. Arc the Thunderer? I always like the idea of... Uh, Hey, the multiverse, it repairs itself. <laughs> it does, and that's a bullshit. Out. Might as well be a wishing a machine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But we'll see. I, I don't know. It, whoever is involved and whoever's in charge, I don't know who's even in charge. I just don't know if there's an overall plan, and sometimes an overall plan will be, you know, let's just have a bunch of books out there. Maybe we could just throw them out there, and people will buy them, and the idea of, hey, we don't need a continuity. We're getting story over continuity. Like, I'm worried that we're going to get something out of dark crisis that isn't that oomph that we need because they have to get people back there's a lot of people who bailed and i don't know what it could be or what it will be we'll have to see but we'll see how it ends we'll see if we end up with more earth less earth omniverse like that whole concept of the omniverse did we ever even did we ever even explain it right earth omega that sort of thing nobody knows about that i mentioned that Earth Zero is not the center, even though it was never really the center of how that was all laid out. But it's not the center. It's no, no longer the oh, metaverse that it once was, because now we have the Elseworld and the Omega Earth. And I'm like, what are those? Shh. Don't yeah, ask questions. What have, we, what have we gotten since then? The quintessence is dead. What does that and mean? We got a bunch Shh. of people killed on the Omega Earth. Like, oh, my God, the quintessence is down. Yeah, and, and that's Hair the is problem. Fine. It's is, all right. And so is the Wizard Shazam sometimes. I, I ended up, because you don't really listen or read solicits or whatnot, but I do a solicit show usually, and I did it this past week on the Patreon. And, yeah, there's mention of, like, you know, evil Hera coming to get hers, Eric. I'm like, now we're doing this? Like, well, poor Hera doesn't the know which way she's going. I want to have dead and stay dead at this point in time is uh, High Father, because I do like the idea of, like, uh, Orion, Orion taking over for yeah, that Apocalypse was cool. and, you know, the new Genesis and being the freaking leader of both those civilizations, those new god worlds. But that shows you that if you end up going with what you do in the books and then expand upon that based on that, you can get some really neat stories out of it. Like, I hate the fourth world stuff, but that's the thing that I can't, came out of, like, that... uh that Infinite Frontier and Just League Incarnate story caring about the most, it seemed like. Yeah. And so when you get that, like I was just saying, you end up, if you continue these stories and show that they mean something, then people will read them. The idea even just sitting here and having the Justice League dead, but not really in the regular, but like there is no oomph to the line right now because they don't seem to know what they're doing. Each book has its own little deal and whatnot, and it doesn't give you that overall big feel especially with Dark Crisis, which we're enjoying more than a lot of people. 
We actually are more than a lot of people, it seems, when I talk Look, to people. Look, the thing buy. is, maybe you can't have that work because all of a sudden all your books just turn into Aquaman number six. Well, they, they probably would have, but still, you could have done something to make it. I actually, you know what? Which is still the best issue of the series. Well, to me, and still was the best and worst. We'll get to that. But the idea where, in my mind, the big play of the Just League being dead, you might have wanted to save that for the first issue of Dark Crisis. Then you would have had the other books, and now everything would have been in tune with your big event going, and you could have had the ramifications and all the books like it, Aquaman number six this week. But... That is uh, Joe. So thanks, Joe, for writing. And the last mail is Luis, who says, Hello, Jim and Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Sorry I've been away for the past few months. I've been in a life-changing experience that I'm going to tell you about. My grandfather is a shaman back in the Dominican Republic, Eric. That's pretty cool. He has been doing ceremonies for over 50 years. A ceremony is basically a religious ceremony, okay, where you take shrooms. Or oh, yes. Ayahuasca. I was a shaman it, before, too. And it, yeah, really. I think you were a shaman for like most of, the, most of your I'm going to go out and have religious experience. <laughs> it gives you visions and is supposed sure to help guide you to what you need to do or lead you to inner peace and awareness. Well, it didn't tell me not to drive home, that's for sure. And I did. <laughs> Everybody that I saw doing this at college, it, it made them think that fish were aliens. And nonsense stuff. It made Eric really upset about the idea that I Love Lucy cast ended up doing the laugh track. They're laughing at themselves from beyond the grave, On the island. He knows the famous people on the island, and people would travel the world to see him. And he traveled to see other people. That's cool. Well, he passed away a few months ago. That's not cool, Eric. (laughs) I should have read ahead. Jesus. Left me me and my sister a little money, but his wish was for us to take his shrooms and his ayahuasca, ayahuasca. Okay. And whatever vision we saw is what he wanted us to do with the money. Psychedelics. That's actually, that's actually pretty cool. Actually, yeah. it'd be funny. It's like he wants me to do more drugs is what he says. But he left his associate to guide us in the ceremony. So I took it, and the ceremony showed me traveling all over Europe. I really wanted to ask Luis, like, Luis, did you really want to travel to Europe? He's like beforehand. I'm sure Seriously. he wants it. And I don't want to be a jerk about it, but it would kind of be funny. Uh, I just yeah. know anything that my vision would tell me. I was sitting there like, well, I got some bills to pay and can't afford that. So, so exactly. long, vision. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, well, there goes my vision. Oh, my God. Boy, Jess, I, vision told me to buy a bunch of action you. figures. Hey, Jess, I didn't see you in my vision. So, son, or son. I barely see you without it. He booked a ticket and lived in Europe for two months. Now, I hope like the next thing is like I got robbed three times and uh, I've traveled to the UK, France and Italy and I've had the best time of my life. So that's awesome. I came back this week to the States because my sister using her money for a wedding and a 40th birthday celebration. So I'm here for the week and going back for two more weeks in Europe with my family and show them around. Then I'm coming back. He said, I love the idea that he tried to play this. He left us a little money. <laughs> I want to know what your idea of a little money. Maybe this is a little money for some people. The point where I just feel like, you know, I would totally blow through. It's like, nope, can't do anything because I can't manage my own money properly. Yeah, really? Really? Uh, he said then he's going to go for a little bit and then come back to stay in this crazy place I call home. So safe to say I'm very behind on books in the podcast, which he would be. I'm currently listening to episode 419, and I heard you said that that might make a song for question of the week. Now I feel bad. I completely fell off the map, 
but I don't like to listen to the podcast till I read the books for that week. And Makes that's sense. good because I forgot I said I was going to do a song, Eric. So I'm going to have to come up with that. Uh, so question the time, of the week though. is back. This question of the week is back, but the next three weeks are going to be a little crazy. So bear with me. But since I'm here, time. question of the week. Uh, it would be funny. Like this would be the I wish it was something where I'm, I'm actually upset, Luis, where you would have thought the idea of if we took ayahuasca, what do we think our dream would have been? You already said it. It would be action figures. No, I no, probably would the, just the be visions sleeping. would be I'd be terrified the entire time. I'd have a yeah. fucking bad trip. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, oh, no, I see a coffin. Oh, darn it. Best I can hope for is to get lost in some light and look up in the sky and watch like, you know, the stars turn into fireworks. Exactly. That's fun. Comic-Con was. was last week, and this is the question. What was your favorite thing that came out of Comic-Con? Thank you, CN7. Or 21, let's see, and that's the least. My favorite thing actually was that Spawn Batman one-shot. I think that that'll be pretty cool. It's something that I think will get people excited, at least for that one-shot or whatnot. Maybe they'll, they'll pick that up and then pick some more things up after that. It's cool to see the two companies work together. Uh, and I saw that Todd McFarlane at one point said that he would never, ever do anything of the sort. So maybe that will lead to other things. The thing is, I'm not a huge Comic-Con kind of guy. Whenever it comes out for the most part, like, here's a new thing. It's either like, all right, I'll watch a trailer or I've known it's going to come out. Here's a trailer for this thing that you've known to come out. So I really don't care in the comic books. Like, I'll know for the solicits or if it's a big thing. Like, okay, now just prepare to wait another six months so you get what you need here. But like the idea of movies, like even more when they put up a big blackboard of titles. I don't care about that. There's a few like trailers that came out. I watched them all. I, I look forward to like, you know, uh, the Captain the Shazam movie, but like I knew that's been coming out for a while. I got a, a trailer out of it, but for the most part, the thing that I didn't know about that I saw because of Comic-Con is something that nobody else would actually care about. It is a freaking Mego Red Sun Superman action figure. That is my I favorite that. thing that came out of Comic-Con. I sent you a picture of it because I'm like this is a really cool that's looking where figure I, saw and it. I, I couldn't it. remember yeah. where I saw it. I'm like yeah, I like that. I like his little little knitted up suit. Right? But I don't, like, I don't stand around being like, man, I can't wait for Comic-Con to see all this stuff because mostly it's about stuff I don't care about where I've like known about where I'm just going to see some trailer and still have to wait for shit. And I hate waiting. So Comic-Con and especially not being there, there's no point to it for me. And and with the things like DC, especially the Comic-Con was hardly comics. It, it was it more of the, the multi. Yeah. And that's kind of where it gets me. Hey, everybody. The Batman, too. Still 30 minutes of that one. <laughs> a lot of a lot of whispering and looking through binoculars, Eric. But yeah, I ended up watching some of the trailers as well. You ended up pointing me to some things, but I did see like, that cool red Mingo. Yeah, Interview with the Vampire had a cool trail for the new show. I watched that. I'm like, I want to watch that show, but I also knew it was happening. Uh, let the right one in. I did not know about that show. I watched the trailer, and I'm like, I think that might have been presented at Comic-Con, but came out during comic-con so hopefully it was but i'm like that looks like a cool show too i'm gonna watch it vampires are going hot and heavy right now never gonna stop Mego red sun superman figure Mego red sun superman is what Eric nobody loved. cares I, about Mego figures but me except you that's where i'm telling you the worst go, part is i Eric. follow Mego on twitter right there's they don't have a lot of followers and like i'm one of the really? only people that tweet and favor i mean, retweet and favorite their stuff when it comes out on twitter i'm like this is crazy that's nice. The people that freaking started bros. action figures for the most part. We're two bros with that. I actually follow Mego on Twitter as well. Did you know yeah. that? I didn't. Right now I do. <laughs> About two minutes ago. Not even that. Ah, yes. But with all that, that is the mail. Thanks, everybody, they for mailing They only have 3,000 some followers. 
Really? That is surprising. That's very surprising. They're going to get one more. I didn't follow them yet. I will in between, though. I will follow them. I suggest everybody else does. So you can find out all the news, Eric. All the news in there. But that is it for the mailbags, everybody, for mailing in. If you want to be part of it, email at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. That will be in the show notes and the campsite bio link. All that nonsense. But we're going to go off. We have three more books to finish up this plethora. And we'll be right back with that. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just Eric Shay. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hubcap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. That is Eric Shea, and here we are. Two, two bros, bros, Eric. Two bros just hanging out, talking some comics, holding hands, Sorry. maybe uh, kissing a little, two bros. right? Two bros, there. Oh, my what goodness gracious. That's what they all do. Isn't that what two bros you do? Stolen You've my stolen dreams. my dreams, Eric. Now you I don't know what bros two bros too. do. Oh, my goodness gracious. But here we are. We have three more books to go. And we end up having a continuation of a year one, right? Then we have an ending of a series, all right? And then we end up having what I swear feels like the end of a series, but will continue to be weekly coming up here. It just, to me, it really felt like this was more of a, hey, I tried to do my best and I did, whatever. And now the next go off into space seems very odd, but. We're going to start with but Kevin's Deathstroke still alive. Inc. That's all that matters. Yeah, he, he wasn't Kevin shot and murdered. Kevin is still alive. I think that he's now like just going to die by not being used. He'll just be left behind. Who knows? I'm sure that he'll be around for a while. I still think that it would have been, even if he wasn't dead, if he would have jumped in and took the bullet, it would have made at least some feels for that issue. But we'll get to that. By Don't you hurt, end. Kevin. Because we're going to start with Deathstroke Inc. number 11. Written by Ed Brisson, art by Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini, and Steve Wands. And we're continuing this year one, chapter two, all the stuff of this deal. And it's such a weird idea of this series. And I just, it's a weird play because if you started out with the series, it really didn't make much sense at first that it was even called Deathstroke, Deathstroke Inc. Inc., where Deathstroke and Black Canary worked for an organization called Trust, who was the twin sister of Libra. <laughs> yeah, that ended up taking a while before Deathstroke was in charge, that then he ends up going, but it's a secret society then, and then goes off to But Dark now Crisis. that you actually have a Deathstroke Inc. in Zandia that's tying into the big DC event, now you just say, oh, no, we're not going to do that. I'm like, you finally have gotten to the point where you can do what yeah, your title you is suggesting. And you said no. Right? And you only had a couple issues up now that. Now we only no. have Deathstroke. No Deathstroke gang. Just Deathstroke. You're one. I think people will be happy to know that you do like this issue more than the first one, that it's totally. giving you something. But I still end up with that idea of it seemed like a weird, not a bait and switch, because I don't know what the bait and the switch were. I mean, this ends up being this origin deal that I guess you just want to have this book continue for some odd reason. I mean, if you're not going to have the Deathstroke Inc. of the book. Which is the stupidest thing ever. And it's just, well, let's just keep it going Where in is this the weird way. And so I'm wondering. And, what and is the this, secret society doing during, during Dark Crisis? We talked about this before, that we would have liked to have seen that. Now, in my mind here, though, if you, and <laughs> this is just, and I'm, I'm thinking this is what's going to happen. It's going to drive me nuts. I'm telling you right now. If you end this year one story, this origin deal, and then cancel the book then, 
then I'm going to wonder <laughs> what are Why we doing we do here? Like, what are we did doing? You just because- need something to set up part of your dark crisis story in the background. And that's all this is here for. And calling it Deathstroke Inc. for some reason. If this year one thing isn't just a placeholder, then get to something else afterwards. Then what is it? I I did talk and I told you I ended up arguing a bit with somebody who's a Deathstroke you- fan and said that they thought that this was great because everybody wants to see the same thing over and over again. But I actually will give the guy credit. I wish I could remember his name. I don't think he listens to the podcast. But if he does, he, if, if he's there, I'm telling you, of the 50 people that I argued with, you know, in the past day or so, if you realize I'm talking about you, I'm giving you a little props only because I started thinking to myself, do a lot of people, because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of old school fans left at DC. Where them old Maybe heads they at? do need this. The old heads are gone, Eric. Well, they even the idea, it. we talked about this in the, the chapter one of year one in the last issue of Deathstroke Inc., where the idea was we are doing essentially the same thing that we did with less page safe, more stuff that we talked about and a little briefly saw in Priest run of Deathstroke. And it feels like that first issue was just pretty much rehashing a lot of that while not giving us anything interesting because we spent what felt like half that issue with freaking Deathstroke just sitting in a hospital bed bitching about things and that was what the issue felt like until all of a sudden then I got the healing factors and I started beating up people this is pretty cool right I'm like finally we got somewhere I thought last issue kind of sucked because I didn't need to rehash the stuff that I already felt I knew pretty well from you know Deathstroke in general and previously what we had in the last Deathstroke series before that but when we get to this issue it is moving forward, and it feels like it's actually more in line with what we actually got in the priest run of Deathstroke. It actually feels like it fits into that series really well for what it's doing with the Isherwood, with Wintergreen, the relationship that's showing in between that, and even how Deathstroke slayed Wilson feels as a father. That's fine, but here's my play, and, and much to my chagrin. On the road to Deathstroke. Well, much, much to my chagrin with the Batman the Night deal, where we did have this origin story that does bring in Ghostmaker. It's going to yeah. end up tying in some of the... Things that kind of came Current about continuity reimagining origin of Batman's again. What you're saying here is that, oh, I can see the things that would lead into a book that came out four years ago. I, I, we're not really no, no, getting not lead into fit into well fit into. And even so that but because there's not really much that has changed with Destro. Right. Well, you know what I mean? Like Batman is always going to change. And hey, they're going to. Whether I loved it or not, they're going to say, okay, this Anton, that no, was I'm Ghost Maker. Okay, that makes in sense. the gaps that we didn't deal with, at least in this issue of my mind, of Deathstroke's story that but we didn't get in Priest that, Run. the thing about that, like the Priest Run, again, though, that's 2018 we're talking here. We're not really that current with that. I don't need to fill in the blanks now. And I would guess that most people who are reading this might not have even read that or even know the deal. So when you are. get to it, I don't mind this. But I don't really need because I'm not going to finish this year one and then go, oh, my God, I'm going to go back and reread Priest Run. I've already read that. I want this to be something. That's why I said with the D Street Deathstroke, I'm not going to read that. I already Uh. read it. We already talked about it. It ended up wacky by the end. But with that, there's nothing like we said. You were worried about the Batman deal. And you're like, oh, no, we're seeing some different things. There's There's not nothing yet to me feels new, except for it feels more like Wolverine than before. But all in all, I wonder what this is for. Is this so that when we end, we're going to end up going forward with another Deathstroke book with some changes? But it doesn't look like there's going to be many changes. I think that this is just here to continue the book. Not that I hate this issue. I think the issue has some fun things. And we like seeing, you know, Special G, which is Grant here. And the idea you get a pregnancy. Like, there's some things you here. See that, special, you don't see Special G in this. No, I'm saying it's Grant. Grant oh, is just the regular real Grant. Special yeah. G. But no, he's not. 
Look the way he interacts with his son. His grant is not special. And you start off and he's going to say bye to Adeline and Grant. Slade showed an ounce of freaking like, uh, you know, like a compassion that he showed Respawn that he would show Grant. And like Grant's life would turn out differently. Well, and again, is that the setup here? Is this to show you how he did feel about Grant? And he actually did neglect him and didn't really feel much of him. And now you're like, well, what are you talking about, Slade? You know, your whole deal. And that will play into some Respawn stuff if he did come back or whatnot. But it seems like even that's after the fact. Like you get this and it's it's fine. If you don't know about Deathstroke, here you go. This this is his origin. You're gonna go through it. I just was surprised that it's like so on the money and nothing really new. It's filling in blanks. Well, you're seeing his first hit for cutting into the whole Deathstroke thing. And I did enjoy the idea of him going off and lying to Adeline, which we knew that Deathstroke did from the previous Slate series and you know, just in general, how like if you've been reading Deathstroke in any kind of media before this, but the idea of going off and like, you know, you're the man of the house now, Grant. Please, Daddy, don't go. All right, look, boy, I love you. But men don't cry. So don't I don't want to see any more of that stuff. But even getting in the car later on with Wintergreen, like I'm driving, like the show throwing his big dick around. I guess the thinking like, God, I wish I could have said more to Grant instead of like telling him not to cry about this. But you know what? That's what I am. That's who I am. And I have to go off and be who I am because everything I've been like I'm doing with this family right now, ever since I went into the super soldier program. I'm, it's not right. I was built for war. I was built for death. I am going to take this freaking hitman job right now if the government wants me to, to take out Dr. Campbell and be who was in charge of the ACTH program that gave me these powers. Do you know why? It's not because I'm protecting the military, not because I'm protecting the government, because I want to use these powers that I have. And I want to kill some motherfuckers and show that I'm the biggest, baddest motherfucker around. I'm even getting a little convoluted, confused with the idea they're after the doctor. That's military. The government, though, wants to take down that military project before things get told because the government can then be in trouble and whatnot. It's fine. He's just going off to do that. And you end up having the military and the powers that be have pretty much knocked off everybody else. Oh, yeah. All the doctors are dead that are involved. Anybody like Slade is the only one of the people of the experiments who yeah, survived. They they're the only ones all lived, the families yeah. of the deceased experiment people. They've been paid off left and right and like to pretty much just given hush money. So Slade and Doc Campbell are essentially the only ones left. And they've hired Slade with his, you know, superhuman abilities here of healing and just being an all around super soldier to go and kill Doc Campbell. And the thing that I really enjoyed about them, like about this issue more than like, like not as more, but as much as I like the art in this, because I think well, as soon as we get the Isher Woods and Isher was like, look, we got this Promethean suit. This is a prototype. It's, not, it's off the books. Like, why is it orange? Look, you get what you get. And the idea of this is how and why Deathstroke Slade has this type of costume, because it's a prototype. And eventually this just became his brand and it was never meant to be. It's never something he wanted, but he has a bulletproof Promethean suit that he's going to go and take out this Doc Campbell, who's an FBI production. And they have to go through, jump through all of these hoops in order to get this hit on that nobody else is going to be able to do because he's just surrounded by agents left and right. We have Wintergreen coming in, shutting things down. It's doing this really big you know, black ops program with just pretty much Slade being the hired gun. I liked all of this. I, I thought it was okay. Again, though, I and that's super. I'm pops. not. I'm not a real like uh, fan of Dexter Soy. I'm one of the few that doesn't seem to love him. So I think this art's okay. Uh, it. it doesn't really, you know, wow me that much. But the idea again, the government wants Slade to go, and I'm, maybe there'll be some twists and turns as well. But the government wants to go because they're against the military. Who's against? The it just seems you know, they're against like Doc it's Campbell, who's going to go out there and like you know who wants states evidence because they started knocking off everybody because they didn't want anybody to know about the failures and the murders and stuff like that. And Doc Campbell saw the writing on the wall and turned states evidence. Oh well, and now he ended protected. up. They tried to kill him twice. Well, yeah, and he saw that. That's the writing on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the big deal though. But it's the government versus the military. The military doing this on the side. They didn't know that. There's a lot of you know the centrifuge of the, the one hand political hand deal doing. and whatnot. And I, I just. 
to me, it's not that interesting. I'm not that real interested well, that's not in even it. The that's main just story, my though. whole deal of them going to do this and take him down. And then when we get to that, you know, big fight at the end, I actually got confused of the art as some of the things going on when they were going through the stairwell and yelling about snipers and things like that. I actually thought that some of it got a little bit convoluted for me, but really there's not much to it. They get to Seattle. I mean, it's cool to see that, you know, the, the suit. We're going to end up. Oh, that suit is popping so good. He's going to change the mask. At some well, the mask point, gets obviously. changed when he gets his eye yeah. blown out by Adeline and stuff like that. And, and so with all of this, though, I, I said, and maybe my problem is maybe it's not Dexter Soy per se. It's usually the colors on the deal. I think it's Veronica Gandini. I might have said they're always very muted with the stuff with. Uh, Dexter Soy, and well, so the thing things is, there's don't a lot of muted stuff in there, but the Deathstroke like orange pops more than yeah, anything I else. There, and I appreciate it that. all. I because it, it all she, they end up putting a lot of shadows on it, so it doesn't actually for me it doesn't well, pop at the end as in much. a dark hallway. It does yeah. a bit. No, I'm saying even when they get it, I'm looking the boots and the the mask. Everything has shadows on it, even when he's popping cans out in the backyard to see if it works or whatever. I think that it doesn't pop as much. I think the colors are like a muted palette. But again, that's just me. We've had this discussion and every book that Dexter Soy is in. I like it enough. It's just not my favorite. And then you end up where, I mean, they're going against this whole deal. The government, they have all their guys. The men in black are all, you know, freaking out. And they had set up just a plan, agents. but they weren't counting on. They weren't counting on a Deathstroke, and that's the whole thing, too. When Deathstroke is going off here, we have Wintergreen setting off bombs, creating a distraction. It's pretty much creating a kill point for Deathstroke to get into this building and make sure that everybody is just done. All the all the doors have been locked out except for one, like, you know, farming them where they want to go. And Deathstroke just goes in and starts whacking people left and right in order to get to his, you know, his target. But what he didn't count on being in Seattle at this great time at this Deathstroke, you know, one is such a great thing that I didn't expect because no, who comes to save the day is Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, because... I actually really want to see this fight. I want to see how this works out. I want to see how the Terminator's Deathstroke has to deal with freaking Green Arrow, who's pretty early in his career as well. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing maybe this is six parts, maybe. I'm not sure. Because, I, well, I know that it's still going on in October, so I would wonder if, you know, how long it is going to go, but we'll see how this is and how you end up with Oliver. Uh, I just, in my mind, it was fine. It was nice that, you know, you get to see some things. I liked it more the beginning, actually, where. Deathstroke realizes, Slade realizes that he's a piece of shit. He says, I should feel more. I oh, should yeah. care about this kid. I should have feelings, but he Wait annoys me. Wait he gets me. home because another thing you have in this issue is, you know, Adeline going out with Grant and picking up a few groceries and picking up a pregnancy test because she's pregnant with Jericho. I mean, again, he ends up Old where, Joey. unfortunately, he's not really Poor father Joey. material, but Poor he likes Grant. having sex. Who and, doesn't? Yeah. And so, I mean, that deal of, he says. And it's really honest the way they portray it here. He's like, this kid annoys the shit out of me. I know I should love him, but he annoys me and I'm going. And even you could play. It's funny because I took it at the bit with Wintergreen. It's like, you should go hug that kid. I thought at first it was Shade. Hey, you want to go hug him or somebody? He's like, why don't you go hug him? Ah, fuck that. Let me drive. Because Wintergreen is the Alfred of Deathstroke. And I love the heart of Wintergreen trying to deal with that nonsense. But we know that it's not going to work out. And it's really, so funny reading this, though, and knowing this trio of baddies that we have. Not baddies, but, you know, just guys who are willing to do bad things. We have Isherwood, Wintergreen, and Slade Wilson here. Just looking at before even Joey's born, knowing that Isherwood's here, I'm like, you're going to bang Slade's son one day. I know. He's going to bang him. It's a little creepy. Uh, 
But yeah, like you said, so fucked up. It's it's cool enough to see this, and and this is better than but the first worse, issue because we start that, going. The issue one's going to bang Slade's son one day, or that De- or Slade is going to bang his unborn son's wife one, or fiance one day. Crazy. And then let's not even talk about Tara. Yeah, really, and Tara, you don't want to talk about that. So, uh, but by the end, yeah, he's working his way through, and then runs into Green Arrow, which does Ooh, up I can't the Annie. That does up the Annie, and we'll see how this plays out, but. I hope that this doesn't end up being like, oh, next we're heading to Metropolis. Oh, oh God, no, I hope the that's not the case. Bands. Like, I hope that this actually but feels degree, pretty cool. To a degree, because while I don't want that to happen, I do want to see in the Slade year one or Deathstroke year one, whatever you want to call it, but the idea of the word of mouth of the Terminator getting around, the freaking, the legend of Deathstroke getting around and how he goes about doing that. It is a weird deal that I never really, and I don't know, this might be actually in Ken or whatever, I never knew that. Green Arrow was the first one to face Deathstroke. And I don't think that was ever really the case as far that, as I'm that'd concerned. That'd be kind of a cool thing if that ended up remaining, that that was part of Ollie's kind of... Uh, but I never think of those together. It's obviously no. Teen Titans is what you think yeah. of, because that's what Slade ends up making it into. But. And sure, there's been some stories that retroactively take things back to like that, that we've had left and right. I'm not recalling off the top of my head, because I always associate Deathstroke's origins with the, you know Grant and the Teen Titans and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, and as stuff one like does. That. So that's kind of cool. It is kind of cool to have Oliver there, it's in Seattle, so that's a pretty cool play. Uh, what would you give it? I like this issue a lot more than the last issue of Chapter 1, so I was really, I'm like, do we need this at this point in time? Because I really am upset about the bait and switch, because I was originally hoping that we'd get some secrets aside, some actual Deathstroke ink going into Dark Crisis, a tie-in proper. The year one felt weird, especially going after that pre-stuff, because the last issue was totally stuff we knew fucking from the get-go, what was going on, so listen, this is going off in the new territory, we're seeing some cool stuff with some cool art, so I gave us a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 6.5, so I'm a deal less, but I just wonder if people still would think that they need this. Are people going to stay? The book was kind of a bait and switch. You end up going, so however many people continued on if they'll keep on going or if this is something they'll be like yeah i really don't need to see this again or whatnot or if this will even grab more people it'd be crazy if all of a sudden you see the sales rise like oh yeah we were selling this and now this is something that people are like holy crap i want this to get issue that. at least is filling in the gaps of things i didn't know from previous yeah runs. yeah i don't know much about deathstroke overall anyway but it, it just didn't seem that interesting and just seems to you know i got kind of the idea of it in the priest run already so i still if i was if i had a pull list this would not be on my do or die pull list at all or even a pull list in general but it might be something that i'd read in the app or later in trade or whatnot but we'll move to the next book which is what eric aquaman number six written by brandon thomas and chuck brown with art by max rayner adriana lucas and and world design and in this, we have the conclusion, the finale to the Aquaman series, which apparently was always supposed to be six issues, whether you're led to believe that at the beginning of the series or not. But we have come to the end. So obviously, we're going to learn all about the Atlantean sleeper agents and their ringleader, the Manchurian candidate head of the freaking the evil Bob Moss. We're definitely going to learn because at the end of last issue, we knew that Bob Moss, he was able to go down to Atlantis. and He was going to take out all the heads of Atlantis who put him through this to begin with that made him into a weapon. And he was about to set himself off as another bomb. No, we're not dealing with any of that shit. Now we're just going to deal with the idea that all that stuff was taken care of in between last issue and this issue, and now it's all about what the rest of the world is going to do after this Atlantis attack. And all they do is spend the issue standing in a room with Steve Trevor saying, we don't need to go to war with these people. Some other asshole saying, you know what, we need to go to war with these people. Until the end, we don't need to go to war with these people. I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do right now. I understand the idea because, you know, 
a uh, a throne of Atlantis situation where a war between Atlantis and the like the surface world. It is a compelling story. I feel like we do it all the time. Whenever Atlantis is brought up, it feels like that's all we're doing. Hell, we even had that going on in the action comics with the Genesis piece. The U.S. government versus Atlantis over who owns the Genesis piece from War World. That's all it ever seems to do. But it's still a compelling idea. Like It goes back to the Cold War. The idea of like you know mutual assured destruction. Like Do we want to take this chance of like fighting this thing? Or do we just want to keep you know, at arm's length and not make them a real enemy? Because it doesn't seem like most countries care about Atlantis because they're fucking underwater people. Who gives a shit about underwater people? Because even Steve Trevor's like, all you people that want to go to war, I'm like, you're you're hiding your freaking like identities on these holograms that I have going on here. And I know for a fact who you are, though. I know that your country went and fucking sank an oil tanker by mistake in Atlantean waters and stuff like that. You did this over here. You've done some bad shit. Everybody's a piece of crap. But now that Atlantis has come out like accidentally with sleeper agents, which Steve Trevor can attest to. They're like, we need to go to war. We need to show our who has the biggest dick in the seven seas. It ain't that Atlantis. But no, at the end of the day, that's not what we're going to do. We're just going to fill up page space with this compelling idea where kids in Atlantis are scared whether or not the the surface world is going to go to war with them, which then eventually just ends. It's like that movie The Day After that I had to watch in school. The idea that there might be an atomic war. That's what it felt like. It felt like the Cold War where you had kids from Atlantis wondering, like, oh, my God. But it doesn't go anywhere because it's the finale. And all of a sudden. Everybody, we, we hate to tell you this during all this, you know, will they, won't they attack us kind of shit, but the Justice League is dead. Now yeah, we got to stop everything it. we're doing, and everybody has to talk about the death of Aquaman and the death of Justice League. No matter what your previously scheduled program was, we got to talk about this. They decide that all of these leaders decide, oh, the Justice League's dead. No more. We won't do it then. We won't go to war with Why? Atlantis. We're done. It makes now no sense. Now you don't sense. have to worry about Aquaman. And, yeah, really. And even in this, you have Brandon Thomas and Chuck Brown. They're kind of skirting this deal of Mara's the queen. Then she's not. Then she is. Well, oh, she's Aquaman, not. But this, I still, it not seems to this. the way I took it was the kids that were talking like, we got Queen Mara. It almost feels like the idea of like, she was designated queen once and she's still the queen of the yeah, people. Kind they, of deal, they even though she's really not playing it in even official things. And then, but it's not. So they're saying, because you have to have some leader be mentioned by these heads and whatever, but they don't really have one because that never really was resolved of who would be. But even in that, all this is, we don't get anything. Okay, uh, no. <laughs> we, we don't get any resolution to anything that was set up in Look, this mini series, which also then, they're done now. It, t- it got happened off panel. We had Black Mana, that series. We had the Aquaman, the Becoming. Then leading into this and all that was bullshit because what you get at the end here is, oh, we're not going to really deal with that. We'll have the talking head, Steve Trevor, to try to make it seem like we're still dealing with this. This is a dark crisis time to how you react to Aquaman being dead. That's all this is. Everybody, come over here. Let's hug and cry. Even though the story was going on, we're it's stopping all that right now for finale. issues because even the stuff that you ended up having, like a black man uh, trying to get him a little elevated with Jackson and stuff. Yeah, you have here. There's like, some good stuff you know here, what? So. You know what, my boy? I should have talked to you earlier. All right. Thanks, Dad. And then they go. I'm like, really? This is nonsense. And it, I, it I don't is- know. I'm telling you, the stuff with black men, it works for me. Even some of the Atlantean kids, which it's, it's kind of nonsense. It's kind of scary to a degree. But like some of these Atlantean kids know who black man is because he's been a threat to Atlantis for many, many years at this point, especially to the Aquaman of their, of their continent. I think that this but, issue is complete bullshit. But when they say, like, hey, show me, the, show me the black man. He's got the coolest helmet and stuff like that, which I agree with. But it seems like this is a terrorist to your country. You might want to not talk about how much you want black man even though he's on your side this time but when you have the man-to-man 
going and helping the Atlanteans pick up the rubble and stuff like that. And like one of the guys like, we should be stealing from these fucks, not cleaning up after him. That Aquaman, he's a cuck now. And then Black Man is freaking standing behind them and they're like, it's good about to kill him. But he's like, I'm going to show you more mercy. You know what? That's tougher than killing your stupid ass right now. Get the fuck out of here. And when you have the situation that allows Jackson and his father to actually go, like, hey, where'd you come from? I didn't realize you're still working. Well, that's what hide men do. You're damn straight. They have a small moment where they can nod at each other and say, get back to work. We've got st- more stuff to do. It's not exactly what I wanted, but it is one of the better parts of this issue. And honestly, one of the better parts of the series between the yeah, two. Because the series was ridiculously bad. I mean, you end up having the series. Nothing got resolved. The setups of the Ormacalacrum and all that with the stuff with Black, everything gets thrown aside. We wasted 18 issues to get to this one issue that is you could read this if you didn't read any of that other bullshit, because hardly anybody did. It's you true. can read this as a one shot tie into Dark Crisis just to see some characters Justice that you like acting dead. actually better than they have through this. But this is the culmination. Do you want to smooch it? Well, you get it because you don't get it anywhere else. 18 issues we've had of bullshit to get to this. And yeah, they got cut at the knees. They ended up because they're it was bullshit. The book sucked. And you end up with this and it is not any sort of resolution to anything that we dealt with. It's just, oh my God, Arthur's dead. The Just League's dead. We're sad because the stuff with Steve Trevor is just yakety yak back and forth just to set up the deal of, okay, everything that we dealt with, sleeper agents, the big, we're not going to do anything now because the Justice League died. I mean, really? That's how you're going to end the idea? Come up with something better than that. I know that this was never just going to be eight, six issues. I mean, because this, if you're going to, and really, if that's the case, if we can take them on their word, then it's even worse because they ended up setting up shit that they were never going to resolve. Then I just think they're like, you're out of here. Do this issue. Tie it in with Arthur being dead. And normally we would have continued on. But even having Steve Trevor being the pretty much the hero of Atlantis here, where he's up there talking to these heads and, I don't even know who he's involved with anymore, we have a, Steve we Trevor. We have a talking head talking about, like, we need to have a decisive strike against him and show him, like, we're, we mean business, everybody. We need to take this to a vote. And all of a sudden, the Justice League is dead. All right, it's agreed. We're not going to attack Atlantis. So Steve Trevor, he's not the hero. The death of the Justice League is the hero because <laughs> everybody feels bad immediately. I got to alert the president to this new development. Me and you are there on on this council, and we're all voting. Everybody's going like, oh, my God, did you hear the Justice League's dead? Oh man, we can't now attack Atlantis. I'm like, Fuck really? Now's <laughs> the time. I mean, let's go. They got no defenses. The Justice League is dead. Let's go commit some more crimes. At some point, me and you would have been talking like, okay, we we attack Atlantis. He's got some buddies there, Superman's and the things. Like they're dead now. All right, we're in. Shit, let's go. Game on. Holy crap! Time let's to go. Be dicks. I mean, seriously, before I wanted to just you know show them a little flexing so they'd stop. Let's take over this shit now. Aquaman's Mine. gone. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, yeah, you end up again in the whole scheme of things as an issue. This is easily the best issue. The worst part of this issue, in my mind, is a thing where we we start out with this weird idea of Mara still being mad at Arthur about this sleeper agent weapon that was created under his kingship that he doesn't remember because she murdered him. And he came back, you know, with not all his memories for some reason, because we need a goddamn weird reason for this plot to go on but pretty pretty much they show like here's some things from the armory that was created through different kings and then i gotta go i'm real sorry but here you can do whatever you want with this i got just like stuff to do goodbye baby 
And then she's all like, hey, look at this one thing that we never talk about. But for some reason, it's part of the gauntlet's going to allow me to heal some people that were hurt. Pretty cool. Justice League dead. But we end the freaking Mara Aquaman bit of the story with her being pissed off at Aquaman and him not being able to do anything about it except for die. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like you said, a gauntlet then that's starting to heal people all over the place. You get a lot of these kids like, look at this. Hey, you're standing in the bus. Sit down. Ah, look at you, asshole. Like that, that's how the kids talk nowadays, right? Obviously. I love the idea it. where the one the one kid's like, Man, I love uh, you know, Black Mana. His helmet's so cool. And then it took me like two minutes, like, what am I looking at on this? I bet, oh, I see it. It's Black Mana there. Okay. But even then it's like, What are you looking at on your iPads? What do you got the iPads working? And oh my god, I don't have very good reception. <laughs> Why are we doing this? It must be hard to get Earth, I mean, Earth stuff, surface stuff down there. The whole resolution of five issues, and I'll even, like I said, I'm even counting the other six and six of Aquaman, the Becoming a Black Man deal of that book with Chuck Brown, is that first page. So that's it. It's all over now. You piece of shit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bob really? Moss. They don't even mention Bob Moss's name that suddenly became the big name the who issue they, they, before. They last issue. This was a guy who was a second away from blowing up the whole council of Atlantis, and now it's okay, that's over as they walk out of the ocean. What? And the rubble that the man to man and Jackson are quitting up, is this the rubble that Bob Moss left I killing don't know, the freaking tribunal at, or whatever you want to call it? And then is it that, you know, where Mara uses this gauntlet, that's everybody that was in that little, know. you know, courtroom deal? They never say it because All it just gets going. that is Still the best issue of the series before. I think that the art's great. And I think that the stuff with Jackson and Manta, best stuff we've gotten so it's far. Okay. It's and one, once one little Aquaman phrase. dies and the Just League dies, I'm telling you, it's all bullshit, but it's still the best we've gotten. That I, His mom's still in that smile. coma, I guess. She's in a right? coma. What She's are you still do about there. It? He's still pissed. But... but by the end, when Aquaman dead and everybody's Aquaman dead, when Aquaman is just, like, you know, what are you like, going to do? About America, probably heal her now. She has that gauntlet. Get her ass over there and heal it. She's get a Jackson little busy a little right bit. now. Get him a little bit of resolution, and us too. She's up at Amity Steve Trevor's like, crying. I gotta get going. I'm in checkmate. I gotta get on here. And all this nonsense going on here. And then at the end, that's the problem. Is most people are going to read this? It is the best issue that they've written. It's because they don't. Everybody's they, reacting to the death because of they don't have to deal with their bullshit that they set up and never resolve. They're just going with the death of Aquaman. You at least see the the family. You get to see Andy for a little. She says Yaxon. Yaxon. That we could be like, all right, we get the danger room of the Atlanta steel and well. some smoochins, right? Garth and Tula, yeah. And then at the end, I'm like, what the fuck happened Jackson here? realizes that Aquaman is dead, goes to find Mara, mm. knows where she's going to be at the lighthouse, and they're goes crying. up there and holds her as she cries in his arms because their mentor and husband are dead. Yeah, again, she was yelling Good at stuff. him as he laughed. And, and isn't stuff. that how it's it always bullshit. works? No, it's bullshit. This was, a, and it really is, this was the white flag. We give up. Nobody bought this. Throw this issue out. Some, And I'll tell you, if you are reading Dark Crisis and want to know how everybody in the DCU reacts to their heroes being dead, you should pick this up. The reaction here is still it. better than the Dark Crisis number zero. Well, yeah. How everybody is. acted about the death of oh, the yeah. Justice League. I mean, I actually thought of that. Like, Mara's not saying, eh, it doesn't matter. Again, why did they play? That's the big event and the big thing. And then when you go into it, you're already skirting the issue by allowing the regular books to go because this timeline wonkiness of catching up. And then you go into Dark Crisis, you're eh, they die all the time. <laughs> Who cares? So, yeah, you get some. T- they'll be back. Yeah, they'll be back. And she already knew there. 
Eric, she's crying over there in Amnesty Bay. Because they, he died, and the last thing they talked about was them having a fight, Jim. Exactly. Well, I see Monkey Prince. I see him over there on the side there. He's like, hey, everybody, I'm here in Amnesty Bay, too. <laughs> uh, at the end, yeah. He, he's the, out there trying to avoid the half-breed daughter of the King of the Trench. Again, by the end of this, like, I don't know how after Dark Crisis they're going to play as Black Man are going to be more of a redeemed character, better, or they're just going to so. reset him. I'm thinking they're going to reset him. People get so this. mad. People get so mad, though, when villains become pseudo heroes and stuff like that. And I can understand that to a degree. But for some reason, the progression of Black Manitou, not hero, but antihero, somebody you can work with when you need to. I like it just because of Jackson is giving some growth That's to Jackson, okay. which he desperately needs. Yeah, it just this should have been more about that. And the I becoming agree. should have been more about that. I they- agree. Black Mana should have been more about that. Not Aura Calicum and Devil Ray. In my mind, you end up having that six-issue Black Man. It didn't sell well. It didn't sell well at all. You had the Jackson. Well you had Aquaman, the Becoming. Uh, that didn't sell well. So you go into Aquaman. You got to keep in mind these two books that lead into it didn't sell well. Let's get to it. Let's tell a story that people might like, not this craziness that they did with the sleeper agents that never caught on after two books that didn't catch on that were the lead-ins, and then you end up getting canceled, and then you get bullshit like this. Where you can't end your story, but at least they did something nice by the but end. What happened with the the African tribe of Atlantis <laughs> that like you know with the Calicum and stuff like that? Because it really felt like those were going to be the sleeper agents because of their dormant DNA, but they never did anything with that once uh, we defeated Devil Ray and got the Oracalicum trident. In my mind, what was going on with Jackson in the last issue when he had the trident? Things are going wacky. And he was telling Mara, oh, I that. have this. And, but I'm saying, what happens now? Like, nothing. Well, he, well we nothing. think is we, we stopped the signal except for Bob Moss. <laughs> what happened oh, to Bob nonsense. Moss? Shh, I thought ask. maybe he had kind of got like he'd have that trident now and it might change him. Well, I don't well, know. That's his trident. Know. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to have it either. I think that that thing's just well, gone. They storage. just have this here. Even then, I like when they uh, when you have Arthur and Mara go down in that deal. Yeah, these are these weapons that we collected or made or whatever. I'm like, oh, those things look like they're getting rusty down there. It looks like you got some tanks and some things. Uh, but overall, I just thought this was bullshit. But it is the best issue, and you sure can read is. it. You can read it as a one shot. I think read the, the art's others. great. The reaction to Aquaman's death is great by the end, but it really just goes out of its way completely to not tell the story that it was telling. Freaking throw everything behind and do the pseudo quasi Cold War like you know expose between the surface world and Atlantis, which you've seen a million times. Not done better here. Just a way to fill out page space. Still the best issue because of the feels and the art. Five point five out of ten. Yeah, I'm giving it a 5.5. I wanted to give it a FU5, but I won't because the art is good. And you do get some moments. It's a good as a one shot. What are they going to do with the trade? Like when you talk about things that read better in trade, you're going to get done that last issue on a trade and turn right to this and go, what the fuck happened? Like you almost think they might. I, I don't know. It's just going to feel weird when you're reading this later, if they even make a trade with it. They do. Me and Simon were talking about it. They pretty much make a trade of everything, but this didn't sell. Not that Green Lantern Volume 3 or 4, whatever that was, that one that didn't come out. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a couple that, you mean Green Lantern? Yeah, yeah. it was the Kyle Rayner deal. Yeah, which one of those didn't come out? Luke's still waiting <laughs> for it. It was Volume 3, I think. He's okay. still waiting for that one. Uh, but we're going to go to the last book of the podcast, and this is the Harley Quinn number 17, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Riley Rossmaw, Ivan Pacencia, and World Design. And we're going to finish up the verdict story just in time for Harley to go off into space. 
in a weird setup by the end because it looks like not her, but actually Verdict. It's it's a very odd ending in my mind. What is this Transformers X bullshit we're doing out of nowhere? Plus the idea like, you know, Verdict's taken out when she's being transported by the end of this issue like Harley was when she was, you know, when we had the freaking the origin of Verdict last issue, right? And we had the idea that her and her partner had to go and transport Harley from the like, you know, to uh, to Arkham Asylum. And they had two guards in the back with Harley who were on the Joker's payroll. And this is what led to like, you know, verdict, you know, Sam's partner's death. And then also like the idea that she gets, you know, ousted by the GCPD because she's not dirty and she doesn't like she spoke out about yeah, these dirty cops stuff like that. Going on. But you had all that going on. And by the end, when you have this whole idea where she's being transported the way that Harley was, I'm like, why did they fucking leave your goddamn mask on? But then the freaking, you know, the, the transport is off-roaded, and we see that the Task Force XX is there to take on Verdict. Mike, for one, when did Killer Frost become a villain again? Because they did all of that work to try to make her a hero when she entered the JLA under freaking Steve Orlando's run. And two, I forget what my two was. <laughs> no, no, like the idea that why would anybody want Verdict on there? What is her powers that were like, oh my God, this person is like an ex-cop who wanted justice and cut people's eyeballs out here. We need her on a freaking task force. I don't know. And I, I don't even know what the, I thought that's what the Harley story in space was. I, I don't understand what happens Maybe at we're the not end. as close to space as we think we are. That is that. No, I think we are. And we're going, you know, that I think that might lead to So is this just a space. setup for later? I guess. I don't know. I'll have to look. But I know the Task Force, I think that's what Harley ends up being in, but they end up in space. But Luke- Because the Task Force XX, you were telling me about this, but that never felt like there was a thing that Luke's Fox and freaking Lashley. Yeah, uh, no, Lash- I mean, it's Lashley the deal. Was they're going to go. They're going to go weekly, very weekly for the next month or so. And then Machina. you're going to end yeah. up having a deal where Harley dies at some point, and then she's going to come back. I it's guess maybe that was it. I'm trying to remember when we had that end of that one issue when we saw that Luke Fox and Lashina were together putting together a team, and I could have sworn that maybe Bronze Tiger and Killer Frost were on that team as well That's as a bunch I'm of saying. weird people. This is, I think that this team at the end is like supposed to get Harley, but get that. I don't know what's happening, but the beginning, verdict. you start out here. The I verdict thought the, is in. I Stupid. thought Kevin was going <laughs> to verdict is in. Bullshit. I thought that uh, Kevin was going to get shot at least to give you some feels because he has been the character I don't need that, that kind has of feel been in my built life. up. But I want something because what you get is Dream Warrior here where you have Stephanie Phillips, who is like an MMA type boxing uh, gal and ends up wanting to do some boxing. And you end up, it's all in the mind. It's like a delusional deal because Harley she's Quinn out. versus Verdict in a big old boxing match where Wildcat is her Mickey, Harley's Mickey. And it's just a way to fill page space to wake up and say, oh, my God, you were shot, Harley. Batwoman here took you to Leslie Tompkins' place. She's an old friend. And now we're going to put together this whole thing because Verdict, she escaped again after she shot you. And we're afraid that she's going to go into her endgame because we all know who she is now. So she just ends up like, we heard she's down at City Hall. She has Mayor Nakano, a bunch of other people held hostage. She's going to blow the place up. And I'm like, we got to get down there. Harley Quinn, you're hurt. You stay here. You got a bullet hole. You got a concussion. No way. No way, dude. This is mine. No this way. Time it's I'm in. And even at the beginning, you have this boxing deal where Harley, specifically in the Sam Humphreys run right before this, was a wrestler. You could have even had that and maybe tied some things into that. But it's just. I don't want to reference that Sam Humphreys. It's just nothing. Deal. But even so, I ended up where people, I saw somebody talking about this. And oh my God, this Harley run is my favorite Harley run of all time. And then people started asking this person, like, Oh, did you read the one? Oh, no, no, no. Really, it came out. Never read any other Harley. But somebody well, said that somebody. Yeah, somebody ended up saying, though, is like, oh, man, seeing like kind of a thumbnail thinking this was wrestling and said, oh, man, does this tie into the wrestling? And I don't know if it does. I'm like, did you read it? This is boxing. 
and you add the white, it's nothing. And you end up just having Harley. And we said at the beginning of the run, at one point, there was the kind of smart, like this Harley has kind of transformed, but it really ended up being at this point, just the over the top pop culture. I'm wacky Harley. You, you can never even take seriously until at one point you do have the bit of settle down with Kevin kind of talk to it, but that even felt like it was just written just to get people like, Hey, I'm going to have this little deal with, Hey, Kevin, you're good because you're yourself. We've kind of seen this all before. But when we get into this idea of taking down Verdict for good there as she's going to blow up, you know, City Hall and things like that. I thought she was all about cutting people's eyeballs out. It just, I know. Where Where's the ice cream? Now scoop? I got an Uzi and I got the place fucking loaded with bombs. It's just the story has more. And this whole deal, I, I appreciate that Stephanie Phillips did try to make a new character, a new, you know, I don't because it never core. made any sense. But even though I'm a keepsake, that's the thing. And keepsake and the idea of bringing him back from the dead. Like, what happened? Like, saving him from drowning or whatever it was just to shoot him later on. But, like, yeah. what was the end goal of all this? This guy who was a bad guy when you're all I mean, about you know, more showing justice. And again, I, you know, Kevin might and have And is it just against that. Harley Quinn or the corrupt cops in general? Like, I don't know what you're. What's your modus operandi is at yeah, this point in time? I don't either. But yeah, City Hall is going to be blown up and you end up having a team up Batwoman and Harley as they go through. And Harley just starts acting goofy the whole time. She can't be serious for one thing in here as Batwoman is getting calls from Oracle and things like that. But some of the things that I I think that Stephanie Phillips appoints has, you know, won us over at the beginning with Kevin. We didn't think that Kevin would be anything. Gotta hit a Kevin first. Boy, I love that boy. Big old goiter neck fuck. Showing the, you know, the sincereness and even the kindness of Harley, where you don't get a lot. Like, we really did like that. And she does do that a bit. Like I said, she does it here. But it, like, kind of gets thrown in in my mind as a, hey, everybody, you know, like this. But with the, she's not that funny. I oh, don't no, the, find not this even book that, funny at all, and it's trying to be constantly, and it's not. The series is the redemption of Harley Quinn, which we've had a little bit of before, but the idea that, and also with that, she's bringing along Kevin because of his crew, like his connection to and the Joker, gang, stuff like that. it's his redemption as well, and this is one thing about this issue that I do enjoy. When you do have Harley go and take matters into her own hands, Batwoman has to stay behind to disarm the bombs, and Harley's like, I'm going to go do this. Don't do that, Harley. Pff, I'm doing this. But when she goes in to take on Verdict, the real hero of this whole thing is Kevin coming in and, you know, giving the whole thing about don't do this, Sam, and having a win for, you know, and Kevin for this whole thing because he was being played by this woman. He's like, I had feelings for you. You didn't, you like lied to me and all that stuff. And even ends up breaking up with her right here as Batwoman disarms all the bombs so her dead man switch doesn't work anymore. But the idea, it's not me. It's you. I'm like, good for you, Kevin. You have some confidence here. You finally have a win in your goddamn scoreboard here. I like this part. It's my favorite part of the whole issue. It, it is the best part. But in the issue itself, I mean, like I said, you have Harley who's really gone from, I thought, a, a bit more rounded character at the beginning of Stephanie Phillips' run. And then since the book has gone on and it's not selling as well, it seems like she's going more and more into just over the top, goofy pop culture reference and it's not that funny so when you do get that bit with kevin it is nice but it's even the then heart. you have harley just being goofy and he, the the art doesn't help even though we're used to riley rosmo's art i laugh because at one point where you end up having harley kevin and batwoman why isn't anybody they make fun of rob liefeld at points about feet the feet that he draws like Harley's feet are like these little teeny little things. There's Kevin's jumping up in the air. He's floating. And Batwoman's are even smaller. Like, really? Why is Kevin jumping up in the air with his knees together like that? 
like he's riding an invisible pony. <laughs> That's what he does. Look like, like his hands right? are on the friggin' reins right there. Isn't he's like off on an invisible yeah. pony. Yeah. It looks like he's on an invisible pony. I, I laugh like like a little tiny cartoon horse. I didn't and know he, he had see. it in him. Look at that guy jumping up in the air. But yeah, so With that one dead eye. The feels here are the idea of Harley and Kevin, but it was also a lot of other characters that we Grundy had where, yeah, where she was, Harley was giving people a second chance because she wanted one herself and she could see the good in everybody. And that's what I really did like. And it kind of got away from that. And this whole verdict thing just never really hit. It never made sense. It was all well, over the place of how we got to do this. Strange. Yeah, yeah, really. And so when we get to this and even... Uh, Mayor Nakano, when our city is going through a great deal right now, something I'm going to call a fear state. And I know the only way that we can get the like Gotham people back on my side, you know, the right side is to un- is to release a convicted criminal from Arkham Asylum to be in charge of a program that's going to help all of us. No, no, Nakano, don't do that. You see Nakano and it's like, and I think that uh, maybe I did that today where Harley's trying to figure out all the things. And then you get where he is, you know, please allow me to be the first to officially say I'm sorry and all this with that. I think that uh, Riley Rossimo may have gotten mixed up maybe with some characters because I think that he thinks that that is the police officer, but it's Nakano. They have the eye patch, right? And he has boobs. He became a girl here. I don't understand. And so you end up that was wonky. Uh, But overall, yeah, I think that art went really south there. But I think that also. I think Stephanie Phillips thinks that we know those police officers as well. They were never really played out very well to actually know them and get the idea of who they were because they kind of come in and out as well. But at the end, Harley is innocent. They apologize. They offer her, you know, a handshake. We're sorry. I think that she might want more, but also may want to know what bra size Nakano is at that point. And then you have a nice deal with. You have a nice deal at the end with Kevin hanging out with Harley and they can be besties. I am so glad that it jumped to the epilogue with Verdict getting transferred and stuff like that to go to that, you know, Task Force XX kind of thing. Because when you have this nice feels moment with Kevin and Harley, I swear it's going to become this awkward moment where Kevin went in for a kiss or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, thanks, Harley, but I'll be okay. Where she's trying to console him for being like, you know, with like the emotional damage that he went through with Sam and stuff like that. He's like, I've got you, right? We've got each other and we've got the entire city with a heart around there as they freaking walk off into the yeah. sunset kind of thing. It like, did seem like I they were like, are you dating get to now? a weird kiss and then it was going to get really awkward between the two. But thankfully, that didn't happen. They were just two good friends who have each other's back. Actually, that's all they need to be. You could have had a funny, awkward moment where you did have him like going in. Don't show up. But off panel, Harley's like, what are you doing, Kevin? Go, no, that oh, oh, I'm sorry. That would have been funny. Uh, that would have been funny to me. Uh, but then you add this epilogue. Where you do end up having, you know, verdict in, verdict in full in, costume, right? Don't mask. You don't yeah, take that off going, when you arrest somebody and transfer him. Yeah, being taken away and you end up, you know, continued in test. And even the X, idea, X. let's just say we're transporting her to a holding facility now that we have her from City Hall. If you just look at this giant Humvee that she's in, it looks like, but driving in... Looks like the desert. Like, where are they it's, driving yeah, to? I don't know. I don't know. They're not in city limits anymore, that's for sure. Yeah. And and the one thing I can say about this book is that if you've enjoyed it all along, I guess you enjoy it still. But we really liked it. We really liked it up until Fear State. That seemed to kind of take it in a different direction and kind yeah. of get a little wonky because we were really enjoying this book. We Tony, were giving all it, I want now is a serious Harley with a serious Jason Todd doing outlaw shit with other outlaws. Yeah, and I, I love the way when, yeah, Harley can be funny and goofy. 
But I like when you show her real. intelligence and realness of it as well. And I again, I'll use my line that I use way, way back. And I like her being a character, not a caricature. I like Oof. to really lay on that. But I do actually like that where you're reminded. And I thought that Stephanie Phillips was doing that at the beginning. We were reminded how smart she was, even when she gets. Yeah, she gets a little wonky. She gets a little crazy. That's how she is. But you kind of got away from that then and just ended up being her just yelling stuff in these last verdict thing. And even if it was the way where Harley could prove to verdict, like why she was wrong and it wasn't her fault, whatever, but you never really got to that verdict just became I'm against you. Even though she was scooping out the eyeballs of gangsters and things that all gets thrown away. The way that Harley got arrested was completely wonky. And since then it's just been a mess. No, it didn't. Whoever this person was, they're wearing a mask of Harley Quinn. Obviously it's Harley Quinn. Let's arrest her. It's a mask that she left behind. It must be the Harley Quinn. Totally Harley Harley Quinn. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, Don't put her in a holding cell. Don't freaking charge her with anything to send her right to Blackgate. What? And I said at, at the beginning, even that I, I, you could read this at the end with it. You said the end of an arc, but I could say it's the end. You could, think that this is the end of the series about yep i did what i had to do and i just want to be harley quinn and i did some good today all right hopefully though that puts a bookend to this and then whatever we do get next with that weekly stuff that maybe stephanie phillips get to like she gets to write a story that's better she can put all this nonsense because really maybe fear state screwed with the book maybe we're not aware maybe editorial made her do some whatever things this gets a stop we get to start a new thing, and that's how I'm going to judge it from here on out, because I'm hoping we get back to what we had at the beginning, what we had at the beginning when it first started. And even the the future state stuff, I like that first issue a lot. It got you know, less than the second for me, but I did like most of what we were getting for a while, and then it just it just kind of fizzled. But what would you give it? 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a 4. 4 out of 10. And, and I just, there you go. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I hope that the next bunch of things are better. But what is your book of the week? My books of the week are Deathstroke, Inc. and Robin. My book of the week is Robin and the Get Fresh Crew pick for book of the week. Boop, boop, is Detective Comics number 1062. Nice. They really like that with some picks for DC Mech. Eric, I think that was despite us, but DC you Mech. end up, yeah, <laughs> you like that one. That's like my character line. I'm going to say that it like twice. I die. <laughs> I'm going to say it forever. Uh, but here are the books next week. And with that, two of these will be picked by the bad asses, the Get Fresh Group, beep, boop, beep, to boop. put on what I like to call, Eric, uh, a special podcast episode that I like to call the DC Comics Badass Picks of the Week Patreon only spotlight episode and this is what we have here and it's just a podcast that's on the patreon patreon only you go and sign up on the patreon patreon.com slash weird science and you get to listen to that also coming up in august because we're almost there uh we'll end up having a patreon only show complete deal because we'll have an annuals week at the end of august but here's next week eric batman number 126 continuing The Chip Zdarsky's new run, so that's pretty cool. We got Batman Killing Time number six that ends finale. that series, the finale of Killing Time. What by is the Tom Eye of King. Christ going to do with the clock? King? The Eye of Christ, please. We end up having Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth, Eric number three. Not oh it that. my 
goodness gracious, we're going to go with I'm that. I'm still just going to go on Dark Crisis. I'm not calling it yeah, all that bullshit. It looks like it's going to be uh, a little green, that one, Eric. You know it looks like a bunch of Green Lantern stuff that okay. people were saying with that. DC versus Vampires number eight. So at least that's coming out on the reg now. We have Flashpoint Beyond number four, a book that me and Eric really, really enjoy. Eric. Harley Quinn, number 18. So we're going to find out really quickly what that whole thing is about. <laughs> we don't have to wait it's too it's long. coming weekly, but you know, yeah. it's, it's weekly, guys. Yes, it is. Multiversity uh, Team Justice, number three, a book that I don't know that many people are into, but me and you are doing that because we're interested in that whole Multiversity you know, thing and stuff like that. Yeah, it's something that we were looking forward to. Poison Ivy number oh, three. Oh, you think we're going to find out how Talia feels about her mother becoming the Batwoman who laughs in Infinite uh, Frontier? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But maybe. Boo. I don't know, Eric. I don't know. I just want a character, not a caricature, is what I want. DC, meh. Poison Ivy, we have number three that you're a little more into it. I hope that I'm going to be more into it as well. I mean, you Me could too. both be into it together as a duo, Eric. That would be two bros, two bros into that book. I don't want it anymore. Sword of Asriel, number one. Me and you Fuck will be me. discussing this later. <laughs> and see, I think that that might be something we probably will at least start. But then if we don't like that. We always also have Sword of Asriel, Dark Knight of the Soul, number one, Eric. It's coming up. What was the first one? That one sort of Asriel. Then the Uh other one is a tie-in one shot to that book. Sword of Asriel, Dark Knight. That's already too much. We're out. I'm telling you, that's crazy. But Eric, I'm proud to say this next book is something you've been looking forward to. So have a lot of people. John Paul Valley sucks. Yeah, you don't like him. The new champion of Shazam, number one. That's a book that you've been looking forward to. And so with all that, I would think that that would probably be on the Patreon spotlight as well as maybe sort of maybe those two Asriel books would be there. If I put those on the poll, they might be there. But we have quite a few. I'm going to go on the poll before those are. So really, I'm going to work the poll is what I'm going to do. And there's some other things that we aren't dealing with that if you are somebody who's going to the comic shop and want to know when things are coming out. Batman White Knight presents Red Hood number one and Black Adam, the Justice Society files uh, Cyclone number one also coming out as well. But those are books that we don't carry or cover. But that's that, Eric. I, <laughs> these Azrael books, I think they're doing it just to screw with you. They're like, Eric hates Azrael. Let's put out two Azrael books. And when I one, say that, but the whole thing week. is like, I was so excited as a kid when Jean-Paul Valley, even though it never made sense, became Batman after Bruce got his back broken. Like, this was an era of, as a kid, that I was just so engrossed in DC Comics and Marvel at the same time, but the idea of Batman getting broken and then having that, like, as bat suit, it is the most ridiculous thing ever, but as a young Eric Shea, I'm like, this is the coolest fucking Batman suit I've ever seen. Do you see all those belts going around, all those pouches on his legs and on his thing? Pouches were the coolest thing in the 90s. And the idea that they have that McFarlane, like, you know, as bat figure coming out now, it's like a Walmart exclusive. Like, I can't wait to own it. But I'm like, I hate you, Jean-Paul Valley, because the best thing that happened with that series as well was Batman coming back and you not being Batman anymore. Because I don't care about Azrael. I'm not buying Azrael, but I will buy a Batman, even if you are the Batman. I'm I'm looking right now at the preview to the Harley Tim Drake Quinn. horribly, Jim. One thing, though, I want to say that it's Dan Waters doing the Asriel stuff, and he's the one who's been doing the most recent stuff where we had the backup and also yeah. the uh, Gotham City Gotham, whatever that. No, we didn't at all. So that's what scares me as well. But, but the thing is, it's, it's not his fault. It's it's Jean-Paul Valley Asriel bullshit. This is what you got to write with the character. I don't like that bullshit. He seems like a boring writer as well. So it might be a little. Jean-Paul Valley's boring. with that. 
Well, I'm looking Let me at tell the, you about Christ. I'm looking Don't at the preview junk. to the uh, Harley deal, which is Task Force XX, right? And it looks like it's Harley just going into space. So we're going to have to see what's going on. But I will say that Riley Rossmo is not on art. It's Jorge's Duarte. It looks pretty cool. Looking nice. pretty cool. But we'll see if anything has to. And I'm looking at the preview. Even the preview has Killer Frost in there with Harley. So I don't know what they were setting up at the end of that Is there issue. Is any pervert in that at all? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking, at least in the preview that I see, there is none. Bronze Tiger's there, and so yeah. is Killer Frost, but we had that at the end of that deal. Maybe that was supposed to be them grabbing I hope Harley. Bronze Tiger kicked his venom addiction. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice, Eric. I don't want him to be a user. Yeah, it won't be. That was in the Tom King I Am Suicide. If people are wondering what's going on with that. So, yeah, I don't think that we'll ever like have that up again. <laughs> we'll tell you, though, I do like the cover with Harley heading off the space. It looks really cool. It does. And they have a really neat, like, retro cover to uh, Harley there where it's well, just normally, Harley Quinn instead of Batman. Yeah. But it's in the Batman symbol. And she's flying around like Robin there on the zip line with Batman. See, well, normally I'd go and look at all of these covers as you're going through. But no, I know a place, you know, the DCComics.com. They don't have anything set up for next week's books. No, I, I think that the whole San Diego Comic-Con has put them back uh, a step or two. That was last week. To say. Yeah, you know, people get tired, Eric. They don't want to work. I don't know. That that's give or take on that site. Half the time I go over and I'm like, oh, what comes out next week? I'm like, really? That book came out three weeks ago. I know that one's not coming out. This they're all over the place. They got to get some more people on that, but they got to get some more people on a bunch of different things. But with all that, everybody, go over to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, go to the website WeirdScienceDCComics.com to look at reviews, written reviews from most of the comics. They come out each week from DC Comics, and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a ton of extra shows, including that long-winded title that I have now called what we have, the badass spotlight, the DC Comics spotlight, each and every week, two books in there, and two of the books that we mentioned will be part of that. You get the complete and utter complete package of the DC Comics from the weird science point of view, Eric, of the skewerance, and all that stuff going down. The skewerings. And uh, with that, though, what do you say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Emotional damage. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.